Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. This one is your MWDP, your midweek domestic podcast, or maybe Monday domestic podcast today, MDP, because this, we'll put this one in the feed on, this will be Yeah, good. yeah, we'll just yeah. straight up, go yeah, straight up, the most important podcast of the week. It is. The most, most interesting podcast of the week. Well, there's a lot going on, lots to talk about. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello. That is Phil. Hello. And uh, we are here with you 52 weeks of the year. If you appreciate that, if you support us, hit subscribe. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash eggchasers. You can always contact us, and we love the correspondence. Contact eggchasers <laughs> at gmail.com. This one talking all matters domestic. I will try and pepper some of the emails through the general conversations we have because we've had some brilliant stuff uh, come in. Um, did you watch much of the rugby? Because I, yeah. I know you were playing, weren't you? I, I wa- Yeah, I played the only game in Lancashire. Well, that's what we told the boys. It actually wasn't the only game in Lancashire, but one of the few games in, the, in Lancashire. We played Fleetwood. We got a 12-0 win, and we played, for the first time I can remember, in a long time, in actual snow. So it mm. snowed. It's an hour and a half drive, and it snowed on the way. Fleetwood tried to call us, saying, oh, guys, if you don't want to come. But no, no, play, We're we'll coming. play any weather, any weather, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Love it. 12-0, classic scoreline. Not, not the only 12-0 this week. No? What was the other 12-0? Ulster smashed Dragons. No, right, okay. 12-0. Um, but no, not, not, not an important game then. An important game is at 12 0. Uh, yeah, two, well, one important game at 12 0. Well, I tell you what, if you want to know a very, very important game, uh, do you know what happened at uh, Osler's Field this uh, this weekend? Oh, don't remind me where Osler's Field is. You know Osler's Field. Osler's Field. Osler's Field. Aylesbury? Aylesbury? Oh, Aylesbury. The, the Aylesbury jersey's up there in the there rugby dungeon. Yeah. Right the, the beautiful pink and black stripes. Full Lo- hoops. Lovely uh, crest there as well. Yeah. Uh, this was a game worthy of this week's pre- premiership. 22-21. Third place a- Aylesbury beating second place Reading. Get in. Nice. How do you Wonderful. like that? Awesome. Well, I'm going to mention the championship uh, as well because Doncaster snuck a win against Hartbury. Uh, Cornish Pirates got a win. Uh, and in the big game, Jersey Reds went down at home to Ealing Trailfinders. So Ealing mm. put themselves in a very strong position. But the reason I mentioned the championship is because of what is happening next weekend when you have the top four playing each other. It's going to be it's going to be a great weekend, that. It's absolutely massive. If only massive. someone paid attention to it, 
It's a great weekend. <laughs> oh, I just noticed the game next weekend is uh, is in Ealing. So I, I was I was thinking I would go to oh, Doncaster. I thought it was Doncaster. I thought it was at Doncaster. No, Ealing host Doncaster <sighs> on Saturday afternoon, so I won't be able to go to that. Um, well, you can if you want. It depends how much you want to go. Mm. How much you want to go? Not that, not that much. See if you can fly down to uh, Newquay. Yeah. Short drive. And that's top two in the table, isn't it? To as, Cornish as it Pirates. Albeit Doncaster have got extra... Uh, played extra games. Whereas, yeah, Doncaster are in pole position at the moment with two yeah. games ahead. Whereas the one on Sunday that you should pay attention <clears> to, and if there was some... Uh, this, this is a game. Of all the games on Sunday, I don't care about Ireland-Italy, to be, to be truthful. I'll probably I'll, yeah, I'll watch fall it. asleep while I'm but, watching yeah. it. Yeah. I, 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 there's a premiership game on at one o'clock, but Cornish Pirates versus Jersey Reds. Mm. Massive. Jersey are probably out of it if they don't win, and uh, Pirates are... Still in very much in contention if they get a win at home. Mm. So it's huge. It is. It's uh, it's quite a crescendo to, to the season. Although, I say crescendo, it's, it's nowhere near over. There's uh, about six or seven rounds left. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'd like just to point out how good I'm at predicting games, except for Bristol. Another reason to dislike Bristol. I can't believe you picked Bristol. I can't believe it either. You, I you, hate, so... you hate Bristol. I don't hate Bristol. You think they're awful. I think they're awful. And you love Steve Diamond. Uh, I have a lot, a lot of ad- admiration for Worcester's new head coach, director of rugby. How <laughs> did you see rugby tonight? No, no. I didn't. Oh, Dimes was I did. su- such good value. I love him. I watched the post-match stuff with him. Oh, he's so but good. But I didn't see rugby tonight. He's so oh, good. Um, I did see an interview with him on the Warriors Twitter. own the Warriors own channel. Yeah, that could have been it, actually. I thought, yeah, I want to play rugby now. And I saw it on <laughs> Saturday morning. And I was about to go play rugby myself. I was like, yeah, yeah. okay, we're in. We're in. And you can see why he makes a difference. You can really see why he makes a difference. Well... Here's a story in two emails. One four days ago sent to contactsidechasers at gmail.com from Ross Densley. Hi, Ross. And he says, I thought you were... Just listen to last week's domestic podcast. <laughs> I thought Ross. you were a bit harsh on Bristol. You spoke at length about Quinn's losing because they were missing a few players, but despite being in a similar position, Bristol are just bad. Uh, he, he's right to point out the the number of players they are missing. Dave Atwood, Dave Atwood, Sir Charles, um, Luke Morahan. Dan Thomas, John Afoa, Harry Randall, Callum Sheedy, Carl Sinclair, Brian Byrne, and Andy Uren. No, 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 not this. This is oh, last yeah, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is last yeah, week. Yeah, sorry, so he's right to point that out. Anyway, that was four days ago. <laughs> we got an email yesterday saying, I just wanted to retract my email from a few days ago about <laughs> after the Warriors Bears game last night. Bristol are missing a few, but they were so poor. They really were. They really were. Now, as you know, I make my final decisions on Friday when the teams come out. I looked at Worcester, I looked at Bristol. I thought Worcester would handily beat Bristol on Sunday. Look at the two teams. Like, come on, like they've got some good players coming back now. They've got some really good players coming back. Um, Lua Tua is a world class player. You know, he's he's an All Black. Chris Vui is brilliant. We've got a lot, a lot, of good, a lot of good players. They were rubbish. They were absolutely rubbish. They they don't even try. Uh, you know, when, they, they engineered plenty of opportunities. And yeah. just butchered loads. Well, think about the what was the try? The Duan van der Merwe try. Uh, yeah, 15, 10, 15 minutes into the game. Yeah. Oh, he he does make international teams look stupid sometimes. Yeah, he, but he, he does he's, he's at so least good. Try and, and stop him. And and I think uh, it was um, Ben K said it in commentary today. And when he said it, I thought, yeah, do you know what? I should eat a bit of humble pie on that. But, and you know, I think we all said. I'm really not sure that's where Worcester should be investing their cash. That's exactly what I said about Charles Pearce. I'll go, go into Bristol, actually. But like, he's been he's, 
But yeah. Leading quid to someone, but not them. Bob. Yeah, but, but Iron Do, Do is Iron awesome. Do is worth the money because yeah. he, he is, yeah. because he's so dangerous because he he can create things out of nothing. But Jan Lloyd was not interested in chasing him. I, I well, Jan Lloyd was ahead of him. Yeah, and he gave up when he was ahead of Duan. Uh, like Lloyd, I, th- I think that was a misread from Lloyd, but it must be mistaken. It's not good enough. No, it's completely substandard. I, I get being a coward if Duan van der Merwe is running at you. I completely understand that. Is there something going on at Bristol then? Because, like you say, it, uh, uh, there's an element. I was watching it. Thinking, Don't ask too many questions. Is this is this attitude? Is this not sort of attitude? Is this a? It's is almost this a- like. It's almost like they don't like. It's almost like their coach has done something to make them not like them, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost like that, uh, and I don't know what that thing might be, but that's what it's almost like. If well, I may- was to say what it's almost like, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe it's something to do with something we mentioned before, which is there are definitely haves and have-nots in that team. Yeah, if I, uh, the car park would be very interesting. There'll be yeah. some people rolling up in maybe. in Rolls Royces. And Lamborghinis, yep. Uh, Pat Lamb included, uh, very much his, included on his eight-year contract on as one of the on best paid, months. one of the best paid um, rugby coaches in the world. So maybe there's something to do with that, but maybe there's something else. Maybe who, who knows? Maybe there's not enough love. Maybe there's too much love. <laughs> I mean, no more, nobody. Maybe knows there's some maybe love in the wrong place. Yeah, maybe, maybe. there, exactly there could be love in the right directions, love in the, the wrong, wrong direction. direction. It, who it's knows? It's all about love, though, isn't it? And who whatever knows? is happening at Bristol, it's almost certainly about love. But Worcester, yeah, because there's some bad things from from Bristol. There's there were some bad things from Worcester, but overall, I think they were. They were the better team and deserved to win this game. It was a compelling game because mm. they were, broadly speaking, equals. And I think that the actual work rate, the little bit of togetherness that Worcester had compared to Bristol, that you know that that's what took, that's what took them over. I do like fit. I do like Finn Smith. I, I thought. I do you know. What? I thought Ashley Beck was very very good too. Beck was solid. Um, I, I thought Shilcock and Humphreys both. Played well, Shilcock's tackled, good. tackled, yeah, but yeah, both had some lovely touches going forward. It wasn't, it wasn't really the game to see too many um, amazing outside breaks from either team, really. But they did well. Duan, Duan is so dangerous. Yeah, um, he does. Someone pointed out uh, a couple of weeks ago, he does occasionally like to jump into tackles, which he does. He did it. On did a, Com say that? Or no. Did you say that? No, I think it was someone in a WhatsApp group mentioned it. And when you when you've seen it, yeah, he definitely he definitely definitely does it. But he's so strong. He's so big and so strong. Well, he's not really a coached rugby player, is he? He's just a natural. He's a gym. Well, he's natural. <laughs> he's natural. Yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, yeah. As he, might, he might have been enhanced at one yeah. point. He's a specimen rugby player. Yes, Very exactly. Much in the same way that Pierre speaks. Pierce, yeah, hundred percent. And you let him go. Yes. Yeah, but. Good, he, good. Is he a natural what Pat Lamb is to love? I've got no idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, good win for Worcester. Now, this, here's a question. All of the games in the Premiership this week were decided by five points or fewer. Yeah. And I got all of them right except for this one. Does, does that show the quality, the competitiveness of the league? Or is there potentially something other at play... This week more than most, partly because of the conditions. Okay, because I yeah, think I think conditions is definitely a factor. I think of some games there this weekend. Because there weren't many try bonus points. No, and there's some games this weekend where there were some 
compelling storylines and and uh, very good performances and great tries. I think probably maybe of what I've seen, the Irish, Irish Saracens, Saracens game was, was yeah. the best. There were some games where both teams did not play their best rugby at all. And there's a... And it just had me thinking, you could use this... Every game within five points has been an amazing advert for the league. But then you actually look at some of the games, like Bath's performance in the second half yep. was awful. That's, mm. That is not a an advert for the for the standard of the league. Newcastle and, v Exeter was not a game that if there was a casual rugby fan who tuned in, because, oh, Six Nations on the minute, oh, there's some rugby. I, I, watched, it. I watched that. Yeah, no, we enjoyed it because we we love rugby. And you you love knock-on scrum, knock-on scrum, knock-on scrum. It was not high-quality rugby no, at all. There was things it depends on your like definition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, here's but my yeah, I, I, I am I'm strongly with you, Tim. That email that you read before, is it basically said the same thing as every Premiership fan this week that lost, which is look at our injury list, look at our unavailabilities. And frankly, it's the same for everyone across the league. So the most English players missing, I think, is still Leicester Tigers. Every team, I think Sale Sharks might be the least. It's not, well, we talked about this last week. It's yeah. not the same for every team. It's it, really it's, not. It's, it's Ex- a, Exeter are hammered. So are Bath, though. You combine but Bath- Newcastle had a stronger team out than Exeter compared to their full-strength team. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it counts. It counts in individual games. I just think that that's just the league. And despite them having less players, they won by one fewer. point. Fewer players. Thank you. They <laughs> Although they had they had more players on the pitch. Yes, true. Uh, it was one is one point game. So my takeaway from this is yes, it's not the absolute best. The weather does play into it, but most importantly, these games are viable. Whereas the URC games are not viable because they lose so many more oh, players. I agree. And it's not it's not perfect, but you know it's not the absolute worst either. No, I'd, I'd love to see I'd love to see a condensed Premiership season. Yeah, I, I think I think you could really I think you could get better storylines, story higher higher average quality performances, um, and then therefore a better product overall. But to do that, you would need to probably compromise on the ticket prices, i.e., sell fewer tickets overall at a higher average price and I'm not sure you're going to get the same level of turnout if you do that yeah I think that, that is a problem well, it's there's a, a big yeah. tension there it's a toss up isn't it do you want to save the salary of not having a, as big a squad because you have a, a condensed season less games so on and so forth but actually I don't think it makes much of a difference because I suspect your salary is probably 80% spent on the top 20% well all those guys are going to stay Mm. So the games you're seeing now are probably literally there just to generate revenue for the clubs, to get people through the doors, to use the pitch, to uh, fill up the bar, so on and so forth. So they are important, I guess, from a monetary point of view. Because if you condense the season, I don't think you necessarily get rid of enough players to justify the lack of games. Mm. Or can you argue that it is going to be a better product, therefore it can still command the same like the same average season, or the same total ticket price, I, if a season ticket is 300 quid for 11 home games should it still be 300 quid for whatever it is seven higher quality home games yeah well it's not going to go that way is it because the league is actually expanding it, well the, but more teams you can't just keep adding more teams so yeah. this season 13 next season likely 14 or it is going to be 14 um, but you can't just keep adding games you've got you've got to something's got to give and whether you do 
you play every team once, half home and half away, and then you play derbies, or you play a random selection of teams home and away. But we sort of searched on this in the last podcast, which is don't mess around with your formats. Yeah. It's so simple to look at the table and go, yeah, they're good, they're bad, they're playing each other, I think that one should win. And I think people can engage with that. Yes. But I, something has to give, because you've got to get the global season, you've got to mess around with the format. Mm. So we're all agreeing, Bristol, a disgrace. <laughs> disgrace is a bit strong but they... now you were actually just one thing uh, I want to say here you were basically with me on Friday night were you, were you not Phil that semi-rad rounder most overrated player in the league I wouldn't say that I don't think he had his best game he had a few nice touches he did a few bad things I'm not sure I'd say most overrated player in the most league I probably, probably oh. I know you would say most overrated player in the league I will say this for Bristol I'm having a little bit of banter at their expense so it did not help to lose two scrum halves and Johan Lloyd despite basically allowing Duan van der Merwe in I think Duan scores anyway but at least try he, um, he was asked to do an awful lot of scrum half that can't that can't be good mm. he did he had a, I was last 20 minutes or so. He had a quiet game overall, didn't yeah. he? Say? I mean, he picked up the ball, he can pass it nicely, but as Austin Healy kept on saying, he wasn't there quick enough, he wasn't able to move the ball quick enough, you had to think about everything. He was, you could see him looking up to work out what he was doing rather than just going. Yeah. But that, that's, that's not his fault. You know, he, he did he did very well filling in a position that is not his position. And do you know what? Weirdly, I actually think he has a skill set. He, he could do it, you know. If they made him into an actual nine, I'm pretty mm. sure he could do it. He's only like five, what, five nine? Yeah, and... 75 kg yeah he can pass the ball nicely no wonder he got out of the way of Duan yeah get out of the way yeah I think you were right to mention uh, Saracen's Irish as probably one of the most wow there's so many significant results but that that one was I think that was a measure that Irish are legitimate and fair play JB for calling it pre-season legitimate top four contenders they're good aren't they but it's not really reflected in the table yet And this this is this is exactly the kind of game that they should be winning because they are one of the least affected by international call ups and Correct, they're playing yeah. one of one of the most affected. But it is still Saracens are still still a, still a Saracens pack with Mako is. and Billy Vanapola and Nick Ezekwe. Yeah. And uh Vincent Cock. Vincent Cock, yeah. I mean that's half a half, that, that's an international top quality international uh uh, players there, half your pack. Yeah. Hang on. Did um, what's his name pull out? Uh, Coleman, the other one who was not Coleman. Simmons. Simmons did before kick. Just before kick. I was going to say, I'm sure th- Simmons was in the start starting lineup. But now George, then looking looking back at it, it was George not. Yeah. Simmons, uh, but it, it, George not went off injured early, so Chuka Munga. Munga. Uh, I like him. Came in. I think he's a very very good player. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Joe Riley. Sent us a little picture of him, very happy in his Irish jersey after the win. Uh, said he, he trains were unavailable. I assume that was weather related. Obviously, um, and managed to get a lift uh, with a random Irishman uh, to go and watch him get five points. Yeah, you boys need to get to that Brentford stadium. I really, really I do. I really yeah. The two go. games, I think they're playing. They're playing. I, I don't know who they're. Are oh, they playing Northampton for the Paddy's Day game? Okay, which will mm-hmm. be all action, all attack. Yeah, that'll yeah, be that'll be good. Hopefully, good conditions. Galore. Yeah, which I think is the first weekend in April or the last weekend. No, last weekend in March. It's, yeah, it's normally seventeenth of March. Is that Paddy's yeah. Day? Yeah, it's not, yeah. I think the, it's the, it's the, the next home the f- game is okay. the follow is, is the weekend after, and then uh, Harlequins at home, the next home game. I just think Irish is the, the kind of the 
it's the place to be. If if you're anywhere near the West London area and you don't support Quinns or Saracens, then um, get yourself along yeah. in those so, games. Yeah, obviously the Saras, uh, the Irish victory was built on a lot of hard work because you can't win like this without hard uh, uh, without hard work. Their pack matched up. Yep, some good halfback play because of course you can't do anything without good halfbacks. But Curtis Rona needs a massive Rona. Well, he was some in, of he was his distribution. Players. He was in the Premiership team of the season last year. He is one of the most. I, I was thinking about this. Uh, um, we've talked about it before. Individuals who are the most the MVP for their team. That doesn't mean they're the best player, yep. but they're just the most influential cog. And if you take them out, it all falls apart. And Curtis Rona is that for London Irish. Somebody said about Curtis Rona, he might be the most underrated player in the Premiership. Maybe he is, if you don't watch London Irish, you pay no attention to him. I bet if you look at his pay packet, he's very adequately <laughs> rated. Yeah, I bet he is. He is a very useful player because he's, his distribution, as he showed this week, He's very, very good. He's also a BSB. He is a big BSB. Yep. Big, strong boy. He's very good at go f- getting them go forward through the middle. And he's got a lovely turn of pace. You're right, you're right, actually. When you think about it, he he isn't that far away from Andre Esterhazen, but in terms of attention, he gets far less. But he's not won a league it. yet. Mm. Win the league that- and you can have as much attention as you want. Yeah, but Esterhazen had a lot... Before he won the league, and, and wasn't, wasn't Curtis? I think Esther Hazen understands how good Curtis Rona is because wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was. wasn't him that yelled in the face. Yeah, yeah. just now, a gentle forearm. Just watching Curtis Rona play yeah. this weekend. Has he had a stint in, in rugby league? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he had. Just the way he moved the ball for the one or two months. His uh, record in two seasons for Canterbury Bulldogs: oh, f- fifty games. He's played 50 games. 50 games, 34 tries in two seasons for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Goodness me. Bulldogs. I did not know that. that. Bulldogs, that's a British dog. That is... Oh, my word. Stop. They've appropriated a British dog. Yeah, they absolutely have. Mind <laughs> you, we appropriated the whole island, so... You know, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, fair point. So, yeah, and he's um, 6'4 and about 105kg. Oh, speaking so, of... Uh, just, just, I know it's, it's not club rugby specifically, but you just reminded me with the... We got sent um, some pictures from an England, uh, the match day magazine from an England game of the player heights and weights. And with the England front row, if we played higher, higher or lower, let's let's do oh, it. Okay. So, um, okay. Luke Cowandicky, 111 kg. Ellis Genge, higher or lower? Higher. Oh, so no. this this is his this is his listed England the, the weight. List, the listed England weight. Yeah. So, okay, Luke, so Luke Cowandicky, 111 kg. Ellis Genge, higher or lower? Higher. Lower. He is higher, 113 kg. Joe Marler, higher or lower than 113? Must be the biggest. Of the heavier line. or lighter than Ellis Genge? Heavier. I I think so. The only question in my mind is, have England weighed him? Did they weigh He's him massive. one? Did they weigh him once when he first came to England? Camp age twenty two. Or so I, I think he's definitely heavier than Genge now. He must be. He's he, a he's, huge he's, human. He is definitely heavier than his, Genge now. His official listed weight. He's, li- he, he's lighter than Ellis Genge and Luke Cowandick. Of course he is. No, yeah, one hundred and ten. So, so this is nonsense. They weighed him when he was twenty-two when he first turned up to yeah, England you, camp. Right. This is one of the most annoying things. Every player should be weighed before every England camp, and their weights and weighed, heights yeah, published. Published. Yeah. Yeah. Ev- published weekly. Yeah. I mean, at least it's not a tournament. That should be the fit, like you book into the hotel, yeah, and get weighed, and some boffin that you know, updates it on the website. Yeah, that's what we want to know. Yeah, also look, this one. Um, so, um, 
Ben Young's ninety-two kg. Okay. Ben Ben Young's is the, like the same weight as me. In fact, I might be slightly lighter than Ben Young's. That's frightening. I don't think it's true. Maybe it's true. Ben Ben Young's weight has fluctuated quite is, a lot. Yeah, maybe it's and Ben Young's he's, from five he's, years ago. He's fairly sizable for a scrum half. He's well, no he's no Harry Randall. What's he like? Five ten. Five ten. Five eleven. Maybe. Sorry. Hundred and seventy-eight, what one meter seventy-eight? So which is five ten. Five ten. Okay, so Ben Young's uh, is ninety-two. Uh, George Ford, higher or lower? Lower. lower. Correct. Eighty-four kg. Elliot Daly, higher or lower? Higher. higher. Lower. What? No. <laughs> he's that's, two. That's no, that is not that's true. Nuts. <laughs> Elliot Daly is listed as George Ford's listed as eighty-four kgs, which is what about thirteen stone? Uh, yeah, about that. Elliot Daly is listed as 83 kgs. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. That is Elliot not, Daly's approaching he's, Elliot Daly's also listed as one centimetre taller than George Ford. Also, uh, yeah. Uh, Elliot Daly's a big wait, man. I, I'd say Daly's maybe six foot. I don't think he's much yeah. over that. Six one. But He's a big boy. So what's, what's he listed in height? 179. Which would be 5'10". Five, ten, five, ten he's not 5'10". I've met, I've met the man. Yeah. So I've that, met the man. That's wrong on two counts. Yeah. So this is, quite, this is false. That's, that could be wrong by 10 kilos for Elliot you, Daly. It makes you wonder what goes on at the RFU, doesn't it? <laughs> this is basics. Yeah. I mean, this is the most basic thing you can do. It's, it should it should just ring alarm bells when these numbers come up. Do, do you know... Whoever's inputting these should be going, no, yeah. no. Do, do you know when like you go to rugby training? Or No, I'll give you a better example. Say if you went to like karate for the first ever time. And you're like, I need to learn to do spinning kicks. So, no, no. You need to do basic kicking and punching or whatever it is. <laughs> Just get these real these real basic things really nailed down. Say, actually, same as rugby. Get your basic skills yeah. really nailed down and then worry about the crossfield kick. Or a few, right? Do the basic stuff, like get the players' weights. Weigh the players. Weigh the players and then worry about whatever it is that you need to worry about next. And yeah. the heaviest player in the England side, according to the matchday programme from the Italy game? Oh, okay. If it's according to the matchday programme, well, uh, Henry Slade. <laughs> <laughs> 98 kg. Uh, Henry Slade. Or the heaviest... That, that, that is 98. He that was, sounds right. Yeah, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. That's, 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 that's good, like 15 and a half? Something like that? Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Maybe yeah, slightly, 16 stone. Maybe mm. slightly lighter than that, Slade. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, the I'd heaviest is... Um, um, well, well, let's, so, heaviest is Will Stewart. Correct. 124 kg. Good yes. knowledge. Yeah, so, yeah I, I had a little chat with uh, Jake Cooper Woolley. Uh, uh, did you? On our street, yeah. On our street? Yeah, on our street. How's he doing? He's all right. What's he's, he up to? He's looking very menacing. He's wearing a um, a black beanie and a black pepper jacket. He's already an enormous man. Uh, so, you know, he, you know, he, he looked Do you want to come huge. do CrossFit or something? Uh, no, he is going to uh, teach us some scrimmaging at Talk H Show. Oh, Wonderful. nice. Which is awesome. What's, what's he up to? I don't know, but if he's not got a club yet, I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying. We well, can saying. sit on the bench behind you. No, I think he's doing construction, but I don't know. I'll have to... Mm. Find out. Hmm. Um, we were also contacted about um, local rivalries, and there's quite a few good ones coming oh, in. Yes, please. Uh, apparently, Sedgley and Berry have got a little bit of uh, Sedgley edge. and Berry. Although, I although, he, although the, the email did say that, admittedly, uh, the, the, Berry fir- the Berry first team is about the level of Sedgley twos. Uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> that has to come from a Berry player. Yeah. yeah, it does come from a Berry player. <laughs> uh, Steve Price said, um, in terms of our local rivalry at Ellesmere Port, uh, we hate Chester. Again, again, that's very similar it's to one the Berry. Way. Yeah, that's very one, one because way. they're because they're the big club, local big club. Two yep. because they're all posh. Yeah, but third 
mainly because one of their coaches had a change of heart playing um, heart playing for Chester and came to our club, helped coach our ju- junior section, which was struggling for numbers. After a short time, he thought he would then return to the motherland of Chester and took half a dozen of our best kids with him. Naughty. And left, the, left the mini and junior section up the creek. Mm. That's not good. Um, Chester this week beat Left for Students 30 24. Good, good result. Yep. Although Left for Students don't seem to travel too well and they don't like scrimmaging at all, which I'm not surprised in that league because you can come up against some absolute monsters. Oh, there's, there's one more thing I have to mention. I should have mentioned this on the international pod, uh, but Jacob uh, emailed us with a clip from France, France's version of Inside Line. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you, know, you know, like the England of the, the, the England. What would that be called, Tim? The O2 Inside Line. Um, li- linear would yeah, be the exactly. second. <laughs> I don't know what inside is in French, but it's uh, just, say French, just say inside in a French accent. But I, have a listen to that. <laughs> so they have a little team meeting, and Sean Edwards is doing some. Oh yeah, he's chatting to the team about their defence. Here we go. Easy. Un metro, the difference, un metro, the consequence, defend the mall, defend the pick and go, the tetra cartagine, tetra penalty, I said. That was it, it was just, it was just nice. Un metro. I wonder what he's saying. Defend un metro. But he didn't say um, linear speed. Speed de la ligne. That was the one. Uh, but. It, but I just like the fact that he went, defend them all, defend the pick and go. <laughs> okay. Fair play. Back oh, no, no, French. sorry. I got it wrong. Don't defend the pick and all. <laughs> uh, one of the email from Joe McDonald. Mm-hmm. He mentioned uh, a favourite stag do game that I mentioned a few years ago. Oh, yes. Which is involved buying the worst drink you can imagine. So oh, the, yeah, remind me of that. The game is called Royal Rumble. Oh, great game. And you can play it set in a, a limit. Or you can play it set in as, as in a price limit, or you can you can play it set in no limit. But basically, everyone on your stag do so ten or twenty people or thirty or forty all go to the bar and buy the worst drink you can possibly think of, and you put it on a table, and the names are drawn out in order, and first person picks the first drink, next it, second person picks. But picks they don't the, know what the drink is; they, they just see know, the color of it. You just you just. All the consistency of it. You just got to eyeball it and you just got to pick it and then it's yours to do. Um, Now, there's there's also. Do you have any more, any ceremony? How much ceremony do you have over this? Or how much time do you take over? It's like 30 players, 30 people get independent drinks and then you draw their names out in order. Is that right? Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you draw the names out in order. The first person can pick the first drink. That's right. Yes. So there's more than which is obviously horrible. Yeah. Well, and so it should go the. The easy drinks go first. So people just buy, yeah, buy a bottle of... Yeah, you could put a pint of water. It, it might be a pint of vodka, so be careful. Yeah. Um, people will just buy um, half you a pint of beer. You can only do it by eyeball. You can't smell it or anything. No. They, Absolutely not. Yeah, they're, they're diff- different rules for this, but, but I would say no smelling. If you touch, As soon as you've touched the glass, you're in. Yeah. Things touch the glass, you're gone. It's, it's, it's like yours. As soon as, as soon as you touch that, that block, you're now, in. Now, there is another variation as well. There's another rule to say um, you can or cannot pick your own. Now, I would say you can pick your own. Absolutely you can. Because then you there's an incentive to have something that looks terrible but is actually quite nice if you can do it. But it 
basically you end up with like the last five. No one wants to be in the last five. No, it's, no, you don't. It is a great. What, what fun sort way. of drinks are in the last five? In your uh, there's experience? normally use your imagination. Yeah, normally some very heavy spirits. So like top shelf job. Yeah, um, some very large drinks. Like <laughs> you may you may want to put a limit on just buying a bottle of wine. You may not want to put a limit on buying a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. The rules, rules are rules. There's normally... You have to drink it in... You've got to drink it. Um, in, if in, it's a bottle of wine, yeah, I would, I would normally say, like, yeah, drink, please, drink please drink responsibly, yeah, yeah. As, as we always would do. Yeah. There are no, there's normally at least something that has uh, a creamed liqueur and some citrus fruit in yeah, there. Ooh, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very good fun. Uh, talking of... Good friend. Anyone been keeping up with National One this weekend? Uh, yeah, um, Rotherham went down. Uh, they, they they narrowly lost, didn't they? When they could have been wrong league. Oh, that's, that's National that's two, two North. North. National Two North. Tom Tombridge. Oh, oh yeah, Tombridge. Julian's got a win. win. Exactly. Yes, yes, they did. The comeback is on. They're seven <laughs> points behind in the in the hunt for. Uh, promotion. Did they get relegated? <laughs> no, there's no promotion or relegation. Oh so. right, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't it's really just, it's just, it's just a pride thing. They don't want to finish bottom. Who are the team above them in 14th or whatever uh, it is? Leeds Tykes. Leeds Tykes. Oh yeah, you want to finish. Ahead yeah, you of them. definitely want to get ahead of Leeds Tykes. Yeah, they they won at Blackheath, didn't they? They yeah. won at. I said I was reading the Leeds Tykes team sheet the other day, and I had to confirm if this player was playing for them or not. Charlie Walker was playing ten. Really? Charlie he, was, he went to Benetton for a bit and then he went to Ealing. That's right. And Do you remember how good he was at Quinns? Well, not only that, um, uh, uh, Charlie Morgan told me that back in school he was a really good 12, distributing 12-10. Interesting. And then they moved him out on, uh, on, uh, on the wing. I was like, oh my word. So I looked on the, on the team sheet for Ealing, wasn't there. Looked all the way back, wasn't there. Final quick text, it wasn't him. Devastated. Uh. Devastated. But I, I, you know, I think he probably wished it was him, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not him. Sad. Uh, they are second from bottom, Leeds Tykes. Albion are then third from bottom, but they didn't have their game this weekend. Devastated. Or they would have taken down Birmingham easily. Easy. Which premiership game do you want to talk about? Hmm. So we, we've touched on Irish. Touched we've on touched Irish. on Oh, let's talk Bath-Leicester, because I watched watched that. Uh, let's just, just mention Josh Bayliss's footwork. Oh, my word. How many tries has Josh Bayliss scored like this now? Yeah, he scored one, was it last season or the season before, where he gassed in from, like, 60 yards. He is rapid. Yeah. He's also such a lovely guy, devilishly handsome chap, mm. and very, very good at rugby. Mm. He is good. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many good players do Bath need and still be rubbish? Now... I think rubbish is harsh. I think they had a good first half. Let me just let me just just, just set the table. No, no, they're definitely yeah. rubbish. Oh well, yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely rubbish. This game was disappointing though because they played some nice stuff in the first half. Muir try was great. The Adromo try was taken nicely. The Bayless try was lovely. And then in the second half, from being twenty points to fourteen up, they just couldn't do anything. They couldn't string anything together. Mad madness. madness. They fell apart. I think this Ewan Richards will be quite will be quite quite good at some mm. at some point. He's getting some good game time. The front row is just an absolute mix and match of whoever they can find. Jo- Josh McNally was the the one they really miss. His his engine is 
out of this world, and he went off after fifty. He did, and that's that's yeah. that's massive for them. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially with no recognisable second row because they had Bayless and De Carpentier. In, yeah, in, as locks. Did, did, didn't you? Was you and Richard lined up to play before the match, and then yeah, yeah, he yeah was, that's he, right. Yeah, he was starting. Yeah, just, yeah, but he he got um, he didn't start because of an injury in the warm up. Yeah, I I don't know what to. I just don't know what to recommend, though. I mean, they just can't get to the end of the season quick enough. The only good thing will come is if they're playing uh, Wilbur at nine and they're getting Orlando Bailey more reps and you know this year. Wilbur at nine, Wilbur on the wing how much, or centre. No, no, Wilbur is is scrum off. Is he? I'm pretty sure he is. How much? I thought, Wilbur, I thought Wilbur was a big, big, strong boy centre. I thought Wilbur played. Oh, I'm thinking of Ollie Fox. But how much more fun for, uh, Will, for Will, us? Will this wouldn't be fun boy. for Bath fans. But how much more fun would this be for us if, and how much more of a story would this be if there was promotion relegation? Steve Diamond was talking about this. Uh, yeah. He's on the rugby paper yeah, today, and I have to just, admit, it, it is it's unusual times. So the reason I. I I understand all the logical decisions that allowed them yeah. to get to the point with no relegation this season. That doesn't mean I don't want I, I want it retained in future, but I understand where they've got. The, my problem is now that you've got there, like many things, it will be difficult for them to go back from yeah. where they've got to. I, I Power do, once granted is seldom returned. Mm. His thing, right? So I. Do massively agree with you. I'd love to see a Spath team relegated. They so mm. deserve it. They so deserve it. And it would be better for them. They could clear out the Deadwood. They could get a stronger don't team. I agree with you there because I'm watching this team week in, week out now, and they just seem to get better and better and better in terms of the personnel that they're bringing in. And you can see the individuals getting better, even if the coaching is hopelessly inadequate, hopelessly incompetent. But if I was a Bath fan in these stands, I would carry on showing up, and they do carry on showing up because they can re- they can recognise how many great players that they have, and that's a team you know without Cam Redpath, who is another absolute A grade operator. I think this team next year or the one I mean they can't get much lower down, so you know it can't it can't be much worse for them. But they are they must come on leaps and bounds. They just have to. They well, that, have to. That's where I think the season in the championship would be so good for them to. Get get the kids in yep. properly. Properly get the kids. Properly in. get the kids in. Like you've always said, JB. Get, the, get the kids in. Get a Jomo and Redpath bonding together. Get Bailey playing. Get the Glanville. Get Muir. Get um. The thing is, though, if there was relegation now, and Bath aren't a great example of this because they just sign anyone they can get their hands on, whenever they can get their hands on them. So they're not a brilliant a brilliant uh, example. But I'm not sure if Orlando Bailey would get all all this game time, or. Uh, Muir, well, Muir would. He, he would have had to have done. But well, they didn't have any other choice. Well, I mean, Sippers is on the bench, but they might have gone to the market. You see, and got you might have got Andy Good out of retirement. You know, some sort of move like that. Because when you're desperate, you don't necessarily develop these in kids. this uh, in this season. I can see. Yeah, but next season, once they are relegated, that's where they can't be this bad again. But, <laughs> I mean, I say that. I say that. I don't know. Yeah, but here's the thing for you, right? So next year. Fakatoa is going to Munster, mm-hmm. which means Diolande must be coming to Bath. Now, if that is the case, that is such a reckless signing because how many amazing centres do you need? I know. How I know. many do you need? That's not where you need to spend your, spend your money. We, we've talked about this lots. It's, that would be a great signing. Would it be a great signing? Yeah, 100%. No, it wouldn't be a great signing. It would be a terrible you, you, signing. You'd have a young... T- we've talked, I've talked about this before. You've got, a young, you've got a really experienced, really good operator at nine. Young 10... 
international class centre, brilliant centre. I, I, I am I, fantastic, I, fantastic. You've got Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo, two precocious talents, surrounded by pure class. Right, I feel I feel getting irritated, annoyed. <laughs> uh, they already have the best twelve in the league. They already have him. His name is Max. His name is Max Ajomo. He is phenomenal. There's no. I mean, if you're going to spend that sort of money on a player, you've got to get a second row. Also, may, maybe they think maybe they think so much of Max Ajomo. They're thinking we need to prepare for the fact that he won't be available to us for a third of the season. Yeah, I can see that actually. But I wouldn't replace him with. I mean, I mean that's one hell of a Not signing. Replace. Uh, it's one hell of a sign support DL and they... As backup you know, to as a Jomo. Back, <laughs> but that's probably the pecking order I would, I, I'd go with. <laughs> um, another thing as well is they're both signed... Is it De Glanville that signed an extension? Definitely a Jomo. Who's the other one that signed the extension? I think De Glanville has. Is it De Glanville and a Jomo or is it or Bailey and a Jomo? It might be all three of them. Uh, no, no, there was, uh, no, it was two of them, two of them, mid, two of them midweek. The, the advantage of the ring fencing is that you get to see teams like this. And they'll be infinitely better for, be, be, better for it. The downside of it, and I think you've both said this, and I kind of agree with it, is they definitely deserve to get relegated. They deserve consequences for being so terrible. They do. It was um, so this week. There was an announcement: home, home, homegrown duo Orlando Bailey and Max Adromo commit futures to Bath Rugby. Great, awesome. Get the kids in. Get the kids in. Uh, Tom Dunn will be coming back. Abano will be coming back. Stuart will be coming back. They'll have Underhill at some point again. Underhill's around. Hopefully. Uh, Falasal's out the door. I wonder if Nathan Hughes will stick about. Hmm. He seems to be playing better at Bath than he did at Bristol. In fact, he, he actually looks like he can play rugby again. He, he's, he's looked pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's had a lot of attention from comms, but he has actually justified most of it. I I can see him staying around. I don't know if he's not going to get the same deal as he's got at at Bath, but oh, Bristol. They, Bristol. no chance. Sorry, Bristol. But if they can sort of engineer something, if he likes it there and yeah. his house is down the road or whatnot, well, mm. well, why not? But I think they. Let, let's be fair. They lost by four points to top of the table Leicester. Yeah, yeah. This this was they, not. They were competitive. It's not yeah. a disaster. This, was, this, this game was the season is a disaster. Yeah, this game, game in isolation is not a disaster. This game. Well, if we take if we take even this game in isolation, the first half Sorry was good. Sorry to interrupt. Second half was a disaster. I have to interrupt. Are you trying to tell me it's not globally important? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second half was globally important. Ah. First, f- first half, not too bad. First half, maybe the best half of rugby I've seen them play. But I, I think in the way that I said Curtis Rona, everything falls apart. Not everything falls apart. That's that's hyperbole. But he's that he's such an important yeah. cog for London Irish. He's an underappreciated cog as well. Yeah. Josh Josh McNally, I think he might be that guy for Bath. I think I think you're right. He's you know hot. He's basically the heartbeat of a pack. I hate to say it, but Yules... Nah, no, they don't miss Yules. No one misses Yules. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right there. He's very important. He's not the absolute top-end quality you want, but I think if you partnered partnered him with someone like a Launchbury, he'd be awesome. Do you know who he reminds me of? And this, you know, that, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to either player, but like sort of like an Elliot Stook, a really, really useful Premiership mm. player, and you surround him with an, you know another guy in a good background. Before you know it, you know it's really. I, I bet he's the sort of guy that if you went around, if you if if you were just in, uh, uh, at what's the place, Farley House, while they were all having lunch, and you just sort of uh, 
muscled in, chatted to a few Bath players, like, who do you really value in this? They'd all go, oh, Josh Benali. I think they'd Josh Bayless. I think they'd look at, um, who's the other boy who's not playing at the moment, who you saw on the tram? Miles Reed. Miles Reed's Miles the Reed. one who I think is yeah, really... In Altrincham. With uh, with the with two with a, a brace of red paths, yes, a brace of red paths, mate. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, uh, the best thing about Bath is, I'm pretty certain at this point that if I took over right now, just myself as a coach, I'd, I'd do better than what they're doing. <laughs> I, I've offered my services. Yeah, I'll, bu- would... I'll build them a new stadium and sort out the defence. If you combined all the money for all the coaches that they're paying them, I would do it for the half of that price. <laughs> and I would, I guarantee... Well, me, me and you as a coaching team. Yeah. And I, and construction team. Exa- I would I would guarantee we would not come any lower than what they've got. <laughs> guarantee that. <laughs> uh, can I just say, talk about players coming back and back road players coming back, how good to see Jack Willis. Amazing. Trot, trot back out again after torrid old time. Came yeah. on 46 minutes into the game at Quinns for Wasps. Yeah, he's, it really kind of puts into perspective how bad that injury is. Because I think now with modern-day rugby, modern-day uh, medicine and surgeries and how well they're looked after, they come back really, really quite quickly. Apart from knees. Knees, yeah. Knees are just, they're so complicated. I'm sure I read somewhere that knee operations have now started taking longer to recover from. Because they now know that the best thing for him is literally just rest. It's something like you know, as soon as you do a knee, it's nine months or six months. But that yeah, has to be that. That's and that's that'll be your cruciates. Yeah, because there's others like um, medial and medial lat- collateral ligament. Yeah. yeah, which is nowhere near as bad. I'm sure, there's a doctor listening and saying, "What are you?" What yeah, are you, nonsense. What are you talking that, about? That's the but one. Cru- I, that's the one I did there on the inside. Yeah, I did my medial, medial collateral. And that's not that's not that bad. That's a, I was two months out. Yeah, I was going to say. Six, six, six. I was like eight weeks. I think never done any knee things ever. That's it. That's God. the only knee one. Yeah, touch wood. I, I, I got God. it when I I ran a, a hard line off our ten, and the person who tackled me was chasing back. I made a line break. Uh, it was this is for Newbury, and he tackled me by punch it. He just it did like you know when you do a like a tap <laughs> a tap tackle. tackle. Yeah. But he did a tap tackle with a fist on the outside oh. of my knee. Just punched my knee. <laughs> My my, my MCL went bad. I was lucky that I didn't do any cruciate damage because it was I was playing at um, Preston actually Preston Grasshoppers, yeah. and I was kind of stopped by two players. I, I not really running, just picked up a loose ball and two players on top of me. And one one was low and one was high, and I'm like trying to wrestle to get the ball free to offload. And someone just came in and hit my upper leg, Ooh. and my knee just folded in like that. I doubled over like that, and I was—I remember like screaming in pain. It's, a, it's the only time I've shouted in pain oh like that, God. screamed in pain. Ooh, horrible, horrible, horrible. I—I th- I thought my knee was dead, totally destroyed. T- t- so lucky did not you, to do anything. Was there? Um, was there? Did it? Did it tear? Yeah, if, if grade three, full, full, right, full, okay. full tear of that one thing and everything else. Yeah. Cartilage was all right. Cruciates were all, all right. Fortunately, thank you. Uh, as we're on Preston Grasshoppers, mm. um, a great story from their league. So, in their league, the top team is Otley, and I don't know if they're the bottom team, but they're in the bottom three. So, th- those, by the way, Otley and Preston Grasshoppers, when you look back at England teams in the 80s, they yes. would regularly oh, yeah. be England players from Greston's. Oh, Wade Dooley, um, yeah, favoured like policeman, Dick sec- Greenwood, mm. Dick Greenwood, Captain coach, um, yeah, for Preston Grasshoppers, and Borthwick. And- 
and Otley, I think a, a hooker might have been John Olver. I think, but I think a hooker. Yeah, I think so. Might might have been an Otley player. Didn't anyway, the, so two famous old English clubs. Didn't the North of England beat the All Blacks at Otley? Yeah, that's right. The, Is that right. I, I I might have got it slightly wrong, but yeah, I'll, I'll I will look that while you're telling the story. Yeah. So uh, let me find the scores right here. Here we go. Yeah. So um, just whilst we're on Preston, they they beat Lim. Uh, at Lim, uh, sixty sorry, thirty six forty one to to Preston. Right. Wow. So anyway, that's not the story. This is the story. So Otley go to play Kirby Lonsdale. They get on the bus. Bus drives for about an hour, and this is how I've uh, I've heard it. So apologies if I've got this wrong. The bus driver then decides it's not safe to go any further. So this, this is going from Otley to. Kirby Lonsdale, yeah. which will be over the tops, North North Yorkshire um, Dales or Yorkshire Dales, so through Skipton and the like. So it is a it's a treacherous route. It is a treacherous route. Yeah. So like absolute legends, Otley said, "Well, we're still playing." Got off the bus, phone Kirby Lonsdale, and like even bigger, uh, even bigger legends, Kirby Lonsdale hired their own bus to go and get Otley to play the game. Love it. And then they lost seventy-two nil. So I mean, it wasn't quite the fairy tale ending, but at least they played. Good lads. That's rugby that values is, in action. Yeah, that. that's awesome. They could have thought, oh, we could get free league points here. Yeah, exactly. No, you're on your own, lads. See uh, you later. Billingham beat Sandal and Anik, or however you say it, beat York. Uh, who they win so many games at home. They really do. Like they, I'm pretty sure they've beaten. Did they not beat? I've beaten Preston or Otley. At home. So if you're travelling that way, it just seems like the distance is too much. Mm. There, there are some places that are just really tough places to go. The Kingston Park was always that in, in, in the Premiership. Yes. Particularly in the days with little Jimmy, who he knew the wind and how that swirled around at Kingston Park. and it'd be a, I mean, But it still is a really tough place to go. It is, yes. Sorry, on Otley. Yep. Uh, November 17th, 1979. The North of England played the All Blacks at Otley and won 21 points to Does nine. Does it have a team sheet? It's, I don't think it's got a full team sheet, no. but it, um, Bill Bowman and Fran Cotton were both playing for the North of England. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty handy team then. Yeah. Uh, get this, Northwich in, that, in the North Premier are on minus two points. I don't know what happened there, but I'd love to find out. Minus two, yeah. Minus two. Fielding ineligible players. Must be missing it. Must be something like too much love being spread it, in the, the wrong direction. Yeah, it's certainly not a salary cap breach. <laughs> of that I can be sure. Can I just uh, just give a little shout to um, commentator Sam Roberts for his effort uh, during Lewis Liner's try in that Wasps game? I mentioned Jack Willis coming back. When the replay comes in, lovely bit of commentary. Heads towards the try line. <laughs> I, did, I noticed that I did notice that ridiculous very good amazing uh, Sale they're amazing uh, was there anything more to say on, on, on the Wasp Queens games that, that was a really oh Wasp Queens yeah, yeah let's talk about that there's yeah. some bloody brilliant tries in yeah, that yeah fantastic here's a guy in fact there's a couple of guys but you mentioned it first Tim and it made me think I think 
Caden Murley can't be a million miles away from an England call. I think Phil might have mentioned it, but not me. But someone mentioned I, oh, it. Well, yeah. I just mentioned he's very Jack Noel-esque in his uh, yeah physique. I th- I think he probably is not in the conversation because I I think he's a very very good Premiership player. I'm just not sure he's quite got the extra yard of pace that he would need to compete at the top level. Maybe, but he is he, he's tricky. A good... He's powerful. Yeah, I I like him. He seems to make things happen. That's a, that's a quality in itself. He just makes things happen. Yeah, I <laughs> he, he, I know what you mean. He, he's kind of very good on on rails. He's sort of up, he, up and down. He's good. He's he's very solid. He's defensively very good. He reads yeah. the game well. Uh, I'm just I'm just not sure he's got that extra yard of pace. Seems, and I, I do like Kaden Murley. Yeah, I like him a lot. He, but he seems to have been picked on a couple of occasions when they've had multiple players available ahead of yeah. Lewis, Lewis Liner. So, yeah. he, he, however, Lewis Liner when he plays, talk about people who make things happen. He's just got yeah. that little yeah. he's got sprinkling the X of X factor. He has got he? the X factor that Caden Murley I don't think has. I yeah, don't I'd go I with it. I'd go with it. And I think Nick David has that X factor, and I think Tyrone Green has that X factor. I just think I, I, um, Murley doesn't. I, I think I'm very, off, very good player. Though. I think I'm going oh, off yeah. Tyrone Green. I think he was more. He's more form than permanent class. Um, he is good, but I don't think he's. I don't like. I don't think he's Nick David. Um, furthermore, I think Lewis Lyon and Murley are, are quite are quite similar. I remember watching Sar. Oh, I remember watching Harlequins comes the AJ Bell not this season but last season, and they were terrible. They were absolutely awful. The only player that did anything of any note was Lewis Lyon, and the, it's, mm. I think he plays in a way. I know he making things happen is too simplistic. It, it's a little bit, and it's a cliche, a little bit of Jack Noley. He goes looking for things, he tries really hard, he competes in the air. Like, if K- K- if not Caden Murley, if Lewis Lyon is around you, same with Caden Murley, you know they're going to be, be competing for things. They're not going to uh, Johan Lloyd it off. Uh, <laughs> they're no, they're going to fight for everything. But that's, that's why I like him. And then I think he does have the extra bit of stardust and the extra bit. In fact, I'd say his feet are better than Lewis Lyon's. Not as good as Josh really? Bayless is, though. Yeah, not Who, as good as Josh Bayless. Murley's Merle, better than feet than Liner. I would say so. The way he cuts in, I think I'm not sure I feet. agree with that. I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think yeah, flat out wrong. He is. I would not want to tackle Caden Murley. He's no, low, hard. Low, yeah, strong boy, low center of gravity. Um, um, but th- this game was, it was Quinn's the better better team throughout. Wasp came back towards the end, made it more, made it seem more interesting than it. Perhaps was yeah, in it was twenty four three at one oh. point, wasn't it? Yeah. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over seventy million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Can we talk about um, the massive own goal by Harlequins this week with their uh, silly little study? Well, their study? Well, is well, their, their publication of Yeah, their of publication a of a study, right? So yep. there is a study. I'll tell, I, I tell you what, I've got a, a good way to lead into this. Oh, go on then. We got, we got an email. Um, I think you'll understand why I chose this one. First, if I can even bloody find it. Oh, man, this is annoying. It was... Oh, forget it. Oh, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah. So it was uh, Andy Annett who uh, just got in touch. Um, just a little snippet from Barnes RFC, National 2 South, a fantastic club in South West London who play rugby in the true spirit. And last weekend was a hard-fought, always enjoyable trip to Guernsey. Mm. And I thought you'd enjoy a little snippet from the match report. It was just one of those nights. And this was, uh, I think, written by the chairman, Michael Rhino Whitfield. Uh, Apart from the score, where they they went down by two points, 28-26. Sounds like a good game. We had a very enjoyable two-day tour to Guernsey, always hospitable in the clubhouse, our hotel in the local hostelries, but not so much on the pitch, where coach Geordie Reynolds continues to successfully plan his opposition's downfall. We had a hysterical evening after the game where when we discovered that Liberate, Guernsey's very own LGBTQ charity, were having their annual dinner in the same hotel we were staying in. You'll never see two more initially diverse and eclectic groups of humans in your life. But as the evening wore on, it was brilliant to see 40 Barnes souls decked out in Barnes blazers and ties, dancing and singing with the glamorous Liberate guests, all dressed to the nines. Never before have I seen such big hair and dangerously high heels in my life. For any other team venturing to the island, I'd urge all of you... um, uh, that have away games to go mob-handed and fill your lives with fun and banter. So it just sounds like they had a wonderful, completely unexpected night. Go ahead, JB. Yeah. So uh, for elsewhere in Southwest London. So yeah, here 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 is me, Beard Monco, Independent Financial Advisors, uh, Pensions Investments. Um, just typing away, and all of a sudden my phone lights up, and it's a press release from Harlequins. And the press release, um, well, this is this is basically the this is the f- uh, the. The last part of the first paragraph of um, this press release, okay? It's about... Talk, talking to the microphone. It's about so-called discrimination in discrimination in rugby against women and LGBTQ+. So they've lumped everyone together. Everyone who's not a man, <coughs> basically. And it says this. The research also challenges common misperceptions about the sexuality of female rugby players. Because apparently the misconception of female rugby players is putting other female players off coming down. What is and what is the misconception they're referring to? That they're lesbians, right? Right. So that's that's basically you know that's basically the thing. So so, so this is a study. Uh, again, I it's haven't not looked. Study. I, I haven't looked under the bonnet it's of the study. study. I don't know the sample size. Whether there was any p level of significance in the statistical analysis. Of course, all of those things will stack up, Tim. 
and it doesn't really matter because it's a trash study. It's absolute garbage. So, so who's who's done this? Uh, it is Mos, someone or other university. Monash in, University in Australia. Uh, it's one of the biggest universities in Australia, probably giving out junk degrees. But this is and, this, and is, this junk. is junk, and this is about rugby in England. This is about rugby in England, but they've done multiple studies around the world. So let's just take that: the common misconception about the sexuality of rugby players is that female rugby players are female gay. rugby players, right? Now, there's no two ways about it. Um, that rugby, for the longest time, has basically been propped up by the gay community uh, in the female ranks because it just always has. Not everyone, not everyone, but it's always been gay-friendly. So what that report starts with is the premise that there must be something wrong with being perceived as gay because otherwise more women and girls would be playing but they don't want to play because of the common mis- um, misperception of the players. Which I think in itself is kind of homophobic, is it not? Are they trying to tell me that... Or Harlequin's trying to tell me that them and this university, which have, which they've hired, want to try and make the game seem more straight to attract more female players? Well, I don't think you should lump the, the, the Harlequin's club in with this. No, you absolutely should. Well, no, 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 no. It's got no, their logo on it. No, it's no, come from no, Harlequin's. No, when, when I say that, they're not saying anything. They they're, are. They, they're, they're, only, they're only this. saying, we've commissioned and here are the results. Harlequin's they're not saying what anyone have, should or shouldn't do. That's all I'm saying. With yeah, I know, but they're, they're not they're not saying what anyone should or shouldn't do. By definition, right? No, no, they're not saying what anyone should or shouldn't do. So I'm, all I'm saying is that. No, no, by definition this is homophobic. Before you start saying, so what Harlequins are saying is No, that's this. what they're saying. That is what they're saying, right? They have backed this study. And if they're saying the common misconception is this and that's why people are not playing, they're automatically saying there is something wrong with being gay and therefore it's pointing off women and girls. So they either think that or they think that there is a homophobia problem with women coming into the sport, which tells me then that it is a more societal problem. Which is it? But what they've tried to do is paint this into rugby is homophobic, which doesn't make sense on its own standards because this report then later goes into saying that homophobic banter and sexist banter is putting players off. But then, if it's putting players off, why is there a misconception that it's a gay-friendly sport? Because it is a gay-friendly fr- um, gay f- gay- gay sport. That, that does seem incongruent, I it will say completely, that. It's complete nonsense. Well, so, so on the one hand, that you're, well, I think we can acknowledge, and I think you're absolutely right in what you say, uh, and, and this is anecdotally on my part, and rugby should be proud that it's been, a, for a long time, it's been a place, whether that's for women and, and for men compared to other sports as well, where it's it's extremely uh, hospitable, ex- uh, acceptable, and somewhere that, that gay people feel comfortable and have made their home. And you can't have that on the one hand and also say yeah. that there are there's a sufficient amount of homophobia that means that gay people don't want to come and get involved. That that doesn't make sense. It that, makes those two things don't make sense together. No sense. Am I reading that right, Phil? Uh, I, I mean, I, reading this, you would you would have the perception that rugby and it doesn't really go into where this study is, but that Harlequins is an incredibly inhospitable place for um, women and gay women, um, or yeah, well, or, or gay it... people, which which doesn't it doesn't seem to ring true based on my experiences of being in rugby. Uh, up so and down some the people country. would say we're we're men, yeah, like, we're, we're men. straight men. What would we know? Maybe, 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 maybe there is, maybe there is some merit in that. But this looks at this. It's describing. It seems to be describing something that 
I just don't recognise. It and is. I mean, Stephen Jones, and I have many criticisms of Stephen Jones. Many, many, many. Many to the point that I phoned him to tell him about my disagreements with him. Um, but I'll tell him this much. In his spare time, he's a DOR of a women's, of a women's rugby club. And he seems to think it's trash also. And people are going wild about this. Now, if Harlequins uh, want to put out trash... Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, bet, I bet everything you're referring to, because I didn't know about this... Well, this I is the point, it's, right? it's all happened on Twitter. I think, yeah. I think you made a good, great point. Harlequins and this, and this university did one thing. It was to design a study, not to make anything better. It was purely divisive to get Twitter likes. It is so cynical. And well, not you, you can't that, impugn motive. You don't you know what the motive can. You <laughs> People can have can. the best of intention. and no, I mean, no. you, 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 can't, you can't second guess anyone's motives. And also, what's outstanding about this is how... What, they basically put out these surveys and they say, have you heard sexist jokes or sexist abuse whilst in a rugby club? Who's defining what that means, for one? Well, let's not get into that. Let's just, yeah. let's just take them at their word. So you say 88% of respondents or whatever the number is, some, some, high, some, some high amount, have heard sexist abuse or jokes or banter. So yeah, or, or, yeah. I got it in front of me. 37 heard homophobic slurs and 59% yeah. heard sexist slurs and negative jokes about women. Now, it, it's sexist, but some people would define, you're right, love, as a sexist slur. Well, this okay, yeah, so we don't know how it's defined. Yeah, yeah. And also... I'd love to see the, what, the, the, the methodology and the, uh, as I say, uh, statistical significance if yeah. they ran any factor analyses and stuff like that. Well, I, you know, and also, so they, they use this as a stick to, a stick to uh, imply that you know, rugby's homophobic and you know we've got questions to answer and all the rest of it but if you ask the exact this the ex- exact same question to when you get into your family gatherings throughout your entire life have you ever heard a a sexist slur or a homophobic slur and the answer would almost certainly be yes so 100 percent of family gatherings are sexist exactly you know you could use this for literally you probably could get the same outcome if you replace the word rugby with the women's institute like, it's such a stupid... I mean, the, the whole study is based to launder, to launder knowledge so they can wave it around and say, hey, look, look how awful rugby is. And they, they contradict themselves at the very start by saying there's a misconception about it being a, being a you know, a basically a gay-friendly sport. Well, no, you've actually just told us what we, what we know, that it's the most inclusive sport probably that, that there is. And the last thing I'd say is it makes no allowance whatsoever for how men communicate with other men. So if you are within a group of men, you will hear, if you're an outsider and they're very close, things said to each other which are completely beyond the pale. Like when we get together, Mike, Mike's off, I would say things to you two which are completely beyond the pale, whether it be about your personal lives or you personally, because that's how men bond, you fucking morons, <laughs> right? So, I, I, don't, I don't think... Men are alone in that as well. No, I, people. Oh my word! Uh, like, yeah. Some sometimes when when uh, like I, I got a bit more of an insight into it when the lockdown was on and the, the girls would the, the Kate and her friends would have like a glass of wine and chat on Zoom. And I heard about my God, is this what you're like when? Uh, <laughs> is this what you're like when us fellas aren't around? Hey, we share a clubhouse. Did, did we share a clubhouse with a football team? And I like the football lads. They you know with a good crack. And I asked them, hey, do you ever fancy play, playing rugby? And the number one thing that they all say is, no, uh, we know what you're up to in the showers. We know this, we know that. It always comes down to, se- se- uh, always comes down to sexuality. 
Because I guess rugby is a pretty gay sport. You know, if you if you ask, you know, what did you do this weekend? I spent the weekend naked on a bus with my mates. Yeah, it's pretty weird, right? Fine, up, up, absolutely fine. But let's not pretend that that pretend that it's one way. It's just women that it's just women that suffer this. And I say suffer this. You don't suffer it. It's just one of those things. And yet they dress it up like it's a it, like it's a big reveal, and it's really not. It's really not. Because and, and one other way they could have. If, if you wanted to represent some statistics, I mean, I don't actually know. I, anecdotally, I imagine, in my experience, that there is a higher proportion of gay women who play rugby than play than are involved in other sports. That's or, in the, or in the general population, or, in the, or are in, I, or are in I, the, gen, in the general population. Fairly, yeah, it's a reasonable assumption to make. I'm not sure whether it's true, well, but it's a reasonable well, the assumption. Fact, the fact that we don't know, I, the fact that we don't know that data. And we've got this underlying, slightly nebulous stuff, which... Cause, it's cause lies, Tim. It is part of the identity industrial complex. It is lies. Because, what, because one thing you could have is actually, you could, like, you could go, how awesome is it that rugby is somewhere that, that, that gay people feel they can just come and muck in? And actually, exactly. to be honest, I'd rather not. No, I don't care. Nobody cares. I care. Nobody cares except for there are creepy, people, yeah. except for creepy university employees. There are people who, uh, <laughs> and this is this is how men communicate and stuff. There are people who I've played rugby with for years, and I don't know how many kids they've got. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know their what their wife's name is. They, I exist on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I have beers with them. I'll go out with them. Uh, all the rest of it, but that—that's the level at, at which we, I would operate with people for years. Yeah, yeah. You'll talk about rugby. You'll talk about the game. Yeah. You'll talk about training. You get loads of people together. Let so alone, let alone, what, what, who, who do you, uh, who do you do, who do you do to what? Uh, who, <laughs> who, who do you have? How do you have sex? I, I, like, I, I, I do not care. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's it's so annoying because. It just is not rep- representative of the sport. It is trash. It is absolute trash. And it should be called out as trash. And the sort of but by calling it out as trash, you will you are in the you'll be in the eye of the storm. Good. I imagine. I haven't good, seen no, Twitter. No, no, Have no, you no. said this on I'll, Twitter? I'll get further in yeah. the, the storm. The people that believe this, right, and push this narrative, particularly the men, particularly the man that the, the man that the man that wrote this, is exactly the sort of man. You would never trust to be alone with a woman, in my opinion. Like they are creeps. They are white knight creeps. There's, there's no other, there's no other, other word for it. If we were in like a big, you know, a big village in like olden times, the people that play rugby, the actual players would be out hunting uh, for food, and they'd be, oh, we'll we'll just stay back and we'll and we'll be a, a shoulder to cry on, cry on for, for the women. They're absolute creeps. We know who they are, and we know what they do. And it's just another—it's just another example. And I'm not the only one that thinks this, actually. Um, not that bit. I might, I might add. <laughs> but there is a really good writer who covers the women's sport called uh, called Stella Mills, and she does a load on TikTok and, and, and whatnot. And she's come basically to the same conclusion as me, which is like it is fine for rugby to be to be a gay sport, and it's pretty inclusive, and that'll be that. I aim. Well, it, it certainly can't be. It can't be a gay sport and be a homophobic sport. No, it absolutely <laughs> that, can't. That, that's the it's, bit that I can, no, no. Keep, keep coming back to. Is like I can't make. I can't make those two things fit. She even says in her own TikTok video, like, if you think it's only fifteen percent of people that are gay here, you've got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I shared this article, this so-called research, no, this trash with the women's captain of Didsbury, Didsbury, Didsbury Talk H. 
I think that a couple of things are true, though, which are I, I do definitely think that there are some male players out there and some men out there who don't necessarily respect the women's game as much as they should. That I think that is undoubtable. But I'd counter that with, if they don't respect the women's game, guess what you miss out on? Women rugby players. So if, if, you, if you embrace women rugby players, you get an awesome women's section. It's just the market speaking. So fine. Absolutely fine. I'll give you, an, uh, give you an, uh, um, another example too. There's loads of lads that do not like playing university rugby. Because they don't like the initiation, they don't like mm-hmm. the laddishness, they don't like yeah, any of that. Yeah. Some people see this as like a thing to be solved. But a lot of those a lot of those guys then go to their local club and play there. We pick mm. up loads of students who don't want the initiation. You don't fancy yeah, yeah. And guess what? It's absolutely fine. They can have their rugby here, mm-hmm. we can have uh, our, our rugby here. And the uh, and if the university suffers as a consequence of that, they go, Hold on, we've like what, why why can't we field the third team? We've got no, no, some no, issues no, here. No no. no, 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 wait, wait. wait. Then they then start getting getting involved in your club, and you don't want that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm I'm saying that when there is an imperative for something to change, these things like it's, it's the whole market thing, isn't it? These things always solve themselves when left alone. Yeah, exactly. When you start getting in and meddling and trying to. And, and, and by the way, what is the cost of all this? I don't mean the monetary cost. I mean, look at rugby across. The entire country now, men's rugby. Participation numbers are declining. Um, I don't see this so much because in my in our club we do a great job and we get low and we get loads of players. But anecdotally across the leagues, yeah, it's a real problem. We played a senior Manchester club the other week at, at second team level. Only thirteen players for second team rugby. That's ridiculous. A few mm. weeks ago, a club called off because they couldn't find a front row. You hear these stories up and down the country, and it's getting mm. worse and worse and worse. And it's going to get worse because if they are determined, clubs like Harlequins, who are basically trashing the name, the name of the sport, and when the RFU or when Premiership Rugby go with their ridiculous diversity and inclusion ca- campaigns, which are neither diverse nor inclusive, I just think it's slowly wearing away. At uh, everyone's patience. We do not want rugby and every rugby club to be a pale impression of the one down the road. It shouldn't be a uniform thing. I have no problem with with anyone playing um, at all. It doesn't matter their views or anything else. And actually, the worse their views, the more I enjoy playing them because I like I like playing different different type, type different types of people. I'd be completely up to playing a team of racists. I couldn't care less. Because you'd love to beat them. I'd love to beat them. Yeah, I'd love to beat them. I mean, that's what you do. You rise to the challenge. But of course, these—I mean, you know—people like this guy, this creep that wrote this report, has never experienced competitiveness because he's some beta male that doesn't do that. You know, and you've got people who are not involved in the sport making these incredible assumptions—not just about our sport, but they're replicating this trick across many, many other sports because it's not about the sport; it's about winning some sort of cultural argument. And I'm not interested. And we should tell Harlequins as well: pack it in because it's pointless. Well. Well, I, I'm always the one thing I will say is there is a, a lot of value in victimhood at the minute. This is n- nothing mm. to do with the study; it's just in Not general. Wrong. And I think there's uh, there's a lot of cash that people will spend, and there's a lot of cash that people can mop up through crusades at the minute. Yeah, if which, there's one thing I do respect about it, uh, about this report, it's the barefaced ability to profit from division. I mean, I do quite respect that. If you can make a good living, you know, and that's what you want to do, that's what you should do. 
And you should see the the tweet they've sent to Stephen Jones. Like, can you disagree with our multifactorial whatever it is full population study? Yeah, I can because it's trash and you're trash. You shouldn't you should, you shouldn't do it. Well, it's awful. Uh, if, if I haven't seen the the, the PR statement i haven't seen anything to do with the study but if they want to send me the no don't 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 read it no 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 i no because i want to see the methodology because i understand i understand uh, statistical significance and how you run and whether you've got whether they've actually come to a solid conclusion based on a hypothesis with a good methodology because because if they've just got like a questionnaire with slightly skewed questions a hundred people yeah, I mean, look, it, if, it means nothing anyway. If you had 100 people all milling around having a training session and one person shouted an insult, presumably you've got 100 people who have been exposed to, to, an, to, to an insult. So scribble that down. It's trash. It's just trash. And I tell you what, you can get a scientist uh, or a social scientist or anyone in a university to write whatever you want because that is literally what they're, what they're in it for. They're in it to you know, do studies which replicate what they already want. There was no way this study was going to come out and say, yeah, it's more inclusive and there's no problem. There was no way. They, they started with the conclusion and they built, built a... Well, yeah, that, that, well, that, that's kind of my point. Yeah. It, it, mm. When science is actually conducted, you're trying to disprove or, or you're trying to... These Dis- guys, you're actually trying to yeah. rule things out, disprove theories or, yeah, or well, prove them. Like You've got to be... Um, what's the word? Uh, neutral. These guys are no different to the uh, people that wrote reports on how safe cigarettes are. They're exactly the same people. There is no difference, except these guys are creepier. And you wouldn't want, you would not leave them alone with any female member of your family. You mentioned, in my opinion. You mentioned market forces and incentives partway through that. Yeah. Yes. Are Exeter missing market forces and incentives at the moment? Are they misaligned to the market forces and incentives? And by that, I mean. A couple of years ago, before um, the change to the latch mm-hmm. and the change yes. to the held over the tri line um, restart, a, a scrum rather than a um, beneath the sticks dropout, Exeter Chiefs were a far more successful team to what they are now. Yep. And they don't seem to have realised this, and they seem to keep banging their head on the same against the, the same brick wall, trying something that worked for them a couple of years ago in a different scenario, and both a different scenario for those reasons, but also um, they won the Premiership and Europe with a team far stronger than the team that they were fielding this weekend or they've been fielding for much of the season, partly because of injury, partly because of Six Nations and call-ups. And they st- seem to still do it. They kicked for the corner multiple times against Newcastle. They got two tries out of it. But only two tries, and it was actually a last five-minute penalty from Joe Simmons where he actually kicked sticks for once rather than kicked to the corner that won them the game. And I can't help but think they would have been more comfortable in this game. They, w- they probably would have won it comfortably had they have... Three, six, built, nine, twelve. Yeah, built a score instead yeah. of continually kicking for the corner and trying to do what they've done, what, what was successful in the past. So I have, for the first time in a long time, watched Exeter throughout a full a full game, and this version of Exeter without all the players without, because I think yes. it's a really good time to actually see what the coaches are trying to do. Exeter play, play the same with their good players, and they play the same with their bad players, and that's what's made them so successful. I actually think they've gone away from that a bit. So a few weeks ago, 
did they play Wasps and they had an absolute belter of a game I seem to think when Wasps came back to win at the end mm. well, Exeter were 14 points up there were two, two scores up and Wasps I, I think won in the last few minutes and it, it was Slade was running riot to start with Hogg was uh, running, running I think, riot I think that's not a different Wasps game maybe it's different I can't remember which game it was but they looked different to me in terms of they were relying on their players with a load of skill to just go out there and you know do do oh, yeah sorry, that's right it was Noel it was Slade and it was Hog and they were winging it wide getting get, getting these boys with the um, with the, with the ball in hand and going about it in a very an extra way I thought they seem just to be lacking quality that's the only thing I, I can say lacking quality lacking that 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 finishing touch so many times they were taking the ball in in a mall and. They almost looked, I hate to say this, not organised enough. They were being held up. They got turned over at least twice from line-up malls, which, I mean, is incomprehensible to me. To, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's just not what Exeter do. Mm-hmm. And when they were knocking on um, knocking on the door, they went through 20 phases and just threw it forward. Mm. Uh, I, I don't like giving them this, this, this excuse that I think that they are just missing the top-end quality. But then they, they're, you made and the they point. they need it now because well, they're not a system team. They, they can't still be that system team. So I think I think they can be. Well, I think they can be when they've got the right players on the pitch. Yep. But there, there is a misalignment or almost a failure to adapt to not having the right players on the pitch. Yeah. Okay. So th- this reminds me of my argument I used to make about doctors and nurses and teachers, which is. If you're going to change doctors in particular, if you're going to change the contract for doctors, do it with a five a five year time time lead because it takes you so long to get qualified that it's only fair that you give them a heads up that we're going to change it in five years. So if you don't want to be be, be a doctor, you've you've got pl- plenty mm-hmm. of time to know not to do that. Mm-hmm. With Exeter, if you're going to change the laws, give them two years to adjust because they've built their team around this one thing which was a staple of the game for decades and decades and decades, and you've literally just t- taken, it away, t- taken it away from them now. And I think it's, com- it's completely unfair. It's completely unfair to upend the team, which has been so carefully built and sculpted around a certain way of doing things. So I, I, I agree with that, and that, I think that's a different point to what I'm making here, which is the they're playing... So they, they're doing it with all their stars as well. They're making that mistake. But... It's more pronounced when they don't have all their stars because the quality is lower. Yeah. So they're they're trying to play like they did, that, and they could arguably still get away with it, but we, they would be less successful with all their stars. Now they've not got their stars. They need to do something fundamentally different. Yeah. And, I, it, I, and they it feels like they were lucky because they they were they're the better team in this game, but they were lucky to scrape it by one point. Yeah because of their own failings, their own errors in judgment? There's been a shift, hasn't there, where you know, their system, which won them the European Cup, is now probably good enough to get them into mid-table. To get, it's probably good enough to get them in top four if they've got all their stars yeah. week in, week out. Yeah. Whereas previously, they only needed their stars for the, Finals. for the last three games of the season. Yeah. And they've not reacted to that. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a fair, a fair I, way to put it. I can understand them not reacting to it when they've got all the stars because they will still get to the top four and then they've got a shot, but not reacting to it when they've not got those stars and they're ha- like they're losing well, those well games also against they, wasps and I mean, an Irish. Yeah, and it's the double-edged sword of they one they got to a level that their players were 
taken by international teams, but also they got to a level where to improve their squad, they signed a bit of stardust and those players were taken away. Mm-hmm. So, right. they, so, so the complexion of Exeter through a season versus now where for you know, 10, 12 weeks of the season they're without a big chunk of high quality and high value players mm. particularly operating in a, in a lower salary cap that that's going to be more pronounced mm-hmm. uh, well there's also this other wrinkle to this which i think there might be something in i wonder if they're thinking let's take the hit now so johnny hill is out the door mm-hmm. i would not be surprised if he does not feature much at all towards the end of the season to, for Exeter. maybe if they get to the finals they might i think yeah watch yeah, it. i think well, they'll have to i think they'll have to i mean if, a, if, it, if it was me you, I'd be getting every yeah, ounce that absolutely. I could out of him. Well, you say that, right? But the selections are well. Hill, in particular, he looks a little bit out, 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 out of favour to me. And if you look back at their squad selections, when he's been available, not been picked. So it tells me that they are looking to see is this uh, is this Christ Tremenda really? good enough? Yep, that is a that is an actual thing. Which no one's talking about. I won't be surprised if they look. Well, at the he's been injured for a while. Yeah, like I can say he's had a lot of injuries this season. He'd, yeah. he'd be with England if he wasn't. Yeah, it. well, uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, I, I kind of think they might, they've also got the, these two props who are absolutely enormous, but it seems that neither of them can neither of them can scrimmage. Yeah, but they're sticking they're, with them. Yeah, and I think they're waiting yeah, for that, those two guys to come, come come good, and they're saying, look, Shickling Street. Yeah, um, Shickling Street, and there's a, a Kiwi guy. Yeah. Oh, uh, who is enormous. Double barreled. Yeah. It's a fair, huge. Huge. Yes. So they've got they're these, both like 130 kg yeah. plus. So they've got these absolute units, um, and they're just trying to work out are these guys going to you know, do what do what we need them to do? And they've got these two young second rows. Jenkins is apparently just as good, if not a bit better, than Chamanda. Which is saying something. James He's a big 19, boy. Huge. There, there was um, a bit of a scuffle after one of the scrums, and it was Armand and Skinner, and then kind of head and sh- who are big boys. They are, and their head and shoulders above him, above those two, was um, Jenkins, yeah. Dafford Jenkins, massive, absolutely at, at massive. nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, I. Part of me thinks it could be that as well, and if they scrape to, to the top top four, they should be. I don't know. If, I, I if don't they know. get, it's the, interesting. They if don't... they get in the top four, they'll have all their stars. They'll have a chance. They, they they'll, look... they'll have a chance of winning the whole thing. Yeah, they look to me like they're just a really, really good Premiership team struggling amongst a really good Premiership. Everyone's yeah. broadly equal, and yeah. they're looking like they're a broadly equal team. But they they needed that win, and they've got it because yeah. it puts them. They're only two points behind Gloucester now, and three points behind Harlequin. What the do you think four. of that Cal- that Callum Chick shot? Um. I think it's a red card all yes, day long. Brutal, all day long. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. So in real time, I thought, that's a good I, shot. I, I, Although I knew, I knew what was coming. I, well, I, I thought it was okay. And the ref said, um, good, hard, fair tackle. Yeah. Because it's the, the contact is definitely 100% on Josh Hodge's jaw. But then Chick, Chick does go down a bit and Hodge goes up a bit. So it looks... While the initial contest is like that, it doesn't actually look that bad. It looks like a big hit, but it looks like a legal big hit in real time. One of the things that... Is, was it Ridley or, or Smale? Ridley. Ridley. Um, one of the things that Ridley said, which I wasn't sure where he's coming from, is that like, it's a dominant tackle, therefore high level of danger. I don't think that's... I don't think that's right. It's I don't a dominant think, tackle, I don't think having like, a dominant tackle should go against you. 
What should you go against you is you hit him in the head. In the head, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dominant tackle. Do- yeah. You, you meant it, that's, that's your job. You meant to be doing dominant tackles. Yeah, and also yeah. that that is just um, penalising a guy for being big, tackling someone small. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should be... High level <laughs> force to the head. Yeah, okay, read him. That's, but dominant tackle is either the wrong terminology or... Yeah, I, I didn't like it, that. it's just clumsy terminology, that. And the second one was the headshot on Vermaelen. Was it Vermaelen he played? Was it the other one? I keep, keep, Kirsten. Kirsten or Vermaelen, I get him mixed up. Yannis Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah. He gets he gets a head-to-head contact. And he's down, he's holding his head, and he looks a bit concussed. At least, at least Josh Hodge got straight back up with a bit of a jaw injury. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I think that should have been reviewed because I don't think it's okay that you have like, you know if, if, if you go well, down holding your head you go down holding your head and someone's basically yeah. headbutted you uh, if you look at the I'll give you an example of this uh, the red card for Simmons I think it was this week or oh, Coleman sorry Coleman in London Irish yeah um, what's his name's which uh, was upright tackle upright tackle on. I can't remember who the uh, winger Lewington, right? Lewington, Lew- yes. Lewington steps in. Oh god, yeah. That that is just. So I see why that's a red card. That it's just clumsy. It's it's not. Yeah, I mean that's the is that not the definition of reckless being clumsy and then causing damage. Well, it's it's knowing that you're doing something that is illegal and has a high chance. That that was just he was he was working as Coleman was working as hard as he could to get across to make a covering tackle. And then Lewington steps inside. Bang. Yeah. So I, I see why that is a red card. But that is different than often reckless. Think of um, 2017 Lions where Sonny Bill chicken wings into yeah, Anthony Anthony Watson's head. But I think that, that red I- card for Simmons or the other... Or Coleman. Coleman, Coleman, Coleman. sorry. Um, is, well, on par with the with the one against Kirsten or Vermoulin, whichever one it was. Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah, I just think it is. Does, does, is head on head a thing now? Yeah, oh, it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. oh. there was a period f- where head on head, fine, play on. <laughs> We've had both. two concussed two concuss players play on. There, there was a period where either consecutive weekends or the same weekend there was two head on heads. One as a red card and one was yeah. oh no, it's rugby incident. A bit yeah, paraphrasing, using your phrase, Tim. And, and play as, on. For the, as for the Coleman in, incident, sorry to re- go, yeah. re- rehash it. This was exactly my fear about these laws which were big men can't change their height quickly whether that be Kieran Brooks when he got his red card a few years ago or you know Coleman I mean that, know, that Coleman I, I dare is... anyone to be able to completely adjust uh, in time when Alex Lewington is stepping in <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, whole... that one is About, it's, yeah. I understand why it is a red card it feels there was <sighs> that if that one gets given as a rugby incident I don't mind actually even though it it is so dangerous because they are both travelling at absolute well, the, full speed. The whole point of the Alex Lewington step is you're not meant to see it coming. Yeah, like yeah. That, he, he's an expert. But he, he's he stepped the best in the league at it. But he wasn't intending to step Coleman. He didn't really even know Coleman was there. He's stepping someone else. He's stepping someone else. But Coleman and then can't into Coleman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you know, if the professional winger in front of him can't predict his step, how is Coleman going to predict this step? And, and, Change his height, and Coleman is travelling at full his full speed as well. Yeah, yeah. Col- Coleman is busting a gut to, to yeah. cover, and so uh, again, going back to something you you always talk about, Phil, coaching point. What do you say to Adam Coleman? You should predict when one of the steppiest wingers in the league well, don't, don't, does a step. Don't, 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 oh, yeah. don't run so hard to make yeah, that cover tackle. Because the alternative is, had he not been there, and Alex Lewington stepped, gassed, and went through a hole, 
Try time. On the Monday morning... What, what the hell were you doing jogging, oh, Adam I, Coleman? What, you should have been busting your gut to fill that gap. Well, you look you look like Johan Lloyd. Yeah. 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 Well, my, my, yeah. my coaching point to him is, do it again. Do it again, because you won a game by, what, one <laughs> Get, point? In red card. And you probably saved that tackle. So. Or learn to sprint whilst... Yeah. Run with whilst having your back perpendicular to the floor. No, run on all parallel fours. to the floor. <laughs> run, 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 run on all fours like a dog. <laughs> but Kellen Cal- Tripp definitely could have got lower. Oh, one hundred percent, definitely one hundred percent. And if he if he gets lower, he absolutely nailed an amazing dominant tackle on Josh Hodge. Can you imagine what's no going through Callum, Callum Tripp's mind though? Like so many things. Like yes, it's Josh Hodge. He's twelve stone. Oh, he I'm used to play here. I'm going to have him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinks he's a, thinks he's big time Charlie down at Exeter. Well, you know, we'll teach him. King Boom. Of the he must have had all these thoughts in a split second and then collided with his chin. Oh no. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, and the game we've not talked about. Sale Sharks. Sale Sharks. Oh, we don't need to touch on that. Yeah, we do. No. On, uh, no. Uh, on the run again. Yeah. Um, looking promising now, isn't it? I, I called it. I called it weeks ago when you were doubting it, mate. Yeah. Well, I tell you, uh, I was wrong. I, I was wrong about Reedy. Uh, this it was a great poacher's try. He got in the air, stole it. I mean, he's, yeah. he's small. He's small. Yeah. Jumps in the air, steals the ball, runs very fast. Uh, they are looking ominous. Oh, Rob Dupree. Just, just on that. Did just some good things. How fast is uh, Will Hay- Hayden Wood, by the way? Oh, on the intercept? Yeah. Because yeah, he gassed rapid. Josh Hodge. I was like, no, Hodge is going to get him. Yeah, he did. And Josh Hodge, a bit of your Johan Lloyd about him, actually, with that tackle. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought he was going to get him, but he, did, he definitely didn't give up. Definitely didn't give up. But he just didn't have the pace. Yeah. Sorry, go on. So that's three on the bounce uh, in the league for well, saying. They, they were fifth, now they're sixth. Uh, they're looking <laughs> good. They so were fifth, and now yeah, they're sixth. Yeah, because they were fifth on Saturday evening. Oh, then, okay. Then they're seventh, seventh, actually. Oh, are they? What yeah. happened? Who's the other team that won it? So Irish. you've got um, Quinns played 16 48, Gloucester played 15 47. Oh, I've got them on at sixth here, according to. What? Ultimate Rugby app. Oh, I wouldn't trust Ultimate Rugby app. No, no, no. Exeter 5th played 16-45, so they're two points out. Exeter are two points behind Gloucester, having played a game more. London Irish are, are in the same situation, 45. Sale are on 43, so Sale are four points off the top four, albeit, got, albeit Gloucester have a game in hand. Has Sale got 42 points or 43? Sale have 43 points. Why would it say 43? Same as Wasps. And London Irish have how, how many points? So Wasps and Sale have 43. Sorry, yeah, gone. Exeter and London Irish have 45. Gloucester wow. in fourth have 47. Uh, you got We've got to acknowledge Northampton on 41, so six points outside top four. However, they and Gloucester have played 15, not 16. Uh, why is, why, how do they get the points wrong on Elite Rugby? What it is? How's Brian, Adri- Brian O'Driscoll's app? Is Brian O'Driscoll Again. keying this in? He's phoning it in. Yeah, it's, it seems to be the case he's phoning <laughs> it in, yeah. That, that, that is a shocker that they've got the table wrong. There are occasionally a few anomalies on on that app. Look at London Irish. Don't that always better, trust it. Doesn't it. 45 points. And who have Irish got next? Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's have a look at fixtures next week. Well, can we... Can we f- just before that, oh, can, yeah. I, can I just briefly mention what was an amazing game? My beloved Hurricanes sadly lost to the Crusaders. Oh, the one thing I've got to say about Super Rugby, K- 
Can we get those fellas who are in the sim bin bigger chairs? Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> on the, we, oh, the Taniella Taniella Tupu, Tupu on the tiniest little chair, like yeah. what, like something that our kids would. Uh, yeah, would a have. Nurse, nursery nursery chair. Yeah, I think it's good. I think the chair should be smaller. <laughs> yeah, you're not. He's not there because he's performing yeah. well. What would you need to do? Give him a lazy boy. Um, this game, Crusaders. I was, I was thinking the other day, who is the best fullback in world rugby at the moment? And I think the two players playing this game could be the two best fullbacks. Jordy Barrett world. and was it Bridge? No, the other one, Will, um, Will, Will Jordan. Jordan sorry, oh, those yeah. two are absolute class. Mm. They are two amazing players, and that's that's before you uh, take into account Bowden Barrett and Damian McKenzie. Did you, did you actually watch this game? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. I just watched the highlights. Uh, I was going to say, what was the kid like who they played at 10? Uh, Love. Ruben Love. No. Oh, the other Crusaders. kid. Crusaders. Um, yeah, Fergus Blake. Is he just going to be amazing? Is, it, is, this, is he just going to be... Is he going to be the guy... Is he going to be the reason that they can get rid of, like, five star fly halves again and populate the French leagues? He, look, he looked good. Uh, it was all about Leicester, though. Leicester... Tigers? Anger, no. Anuka, no, I think. No. I pro- probably pronounced that wrong. Who's got a hat trick? Um, Crusaders winger. Uh, wow. What was the crowd like? Uh, non-existent. Oh, why I'm not they... sure they're not. I'm not sure they're allowed crowds at the moment. Pathetic. What? In, in what? Lovely, beautiful summer's day. <laughs> right. Uh, late, late summer, early autumn. Day. Right. Wonderful. Oh well done, everyone. Well done, um, heroes. There mi- I might. I, I might have got that slight. There might have been. I there might know, have been 50 people, 50 in that. people 50 there, people. all with mullets and outfits looking like they're in the 19... Maybe it's three people there. Early 90s. Yeah. Three people? Maybe three. Or Look. then uh, Justin Trudeau and Klaus Schwab. <laughs> <laughs> they're the only people allowed to watch. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. So um, there's some. Well, okay. So we three go- games on Friday night. I'm not sure which one the. Uh, oh, it's the, the the BT Sport Live game is Worcester v Harlequins. Is it Worcester? Two weeks of the bounce. Yes. More Worcester, Worcester please. More dimes. He yeah. Was, he was brilliant on rugby. I'll take that. More dimes. I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Although Sale v Sale, London Irish. Sale v Sale London, London Irish. That's massive. That's dying. Oh, I might go to that. That'd be a great game. Hang on. Can I go to that? Is there anything stopping me going to that? No, there's nothing stopping me. <laughs> nothing stopping me going to that either. Traffic to the AJ Bell. Don't worry about it, I walk it. <laughs> got, uh, the, got the diamond lane there now. The diamond lane. Oh, it's not the diamond lane. It's Sun, uh, the Sanderson, Sanderson lane. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'd be up for that. Yeah. Because that is a very significant game. That's going to be a... Sale win again. Mm. They, or if Irish win again. Or if Irish win again. If Irish win that against the form team in the league. No, Irish are the form team in the league. Uh, Sailor, the form team. Irish or I, I think I, I'm going to say I think. I, well, no, these two are the two form teams in the league. Mm. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll the, take. Yeah, that. that should be the game. That should be the. Oh, actually, maybe Gloucester are the form team in the league. No, they just lost to Sale. Uh, lost to Irish. No, they lost to someone. Yes, they lost did. to Saracens. Exeter. Was it Exeter? Yes, oh, they it lost was to Exeter. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, fair play. Okay, so I've got Bristol Bears Wasps first. Okay. We, uh, I actually think the Wasps will lose this, but I don't know. No, Wasps are going to win this. Uh, at Bristol. Yeah, at Bristol's irrelevant. You at watched Bristol on Friday night. Yeah, I did see them on Friday night. There's no way you can back Bristol twice in a row. Wasps. Give me wasps. Come on, wasps. Four. I mean, I want wasps to win. Don't get me wrong. I, I want them to avenge what Bristol did, did to me this it was, weekend. It was quite funny watching the game with a nice glass of um, dry, very dry white wine. Grunewald Lina. It was, it was delicious. It was all right, wasn't it? It was nice, yeah. Um, 
And JB was so conflicted because he wanted Bristol to lose, but he predicted that Bristol were going to win. It was awful. So he, he was in turmoil. It was awful. Oh, by the way, that's that's one thing Dime said. He said, enough, enough of Malbec Sundays. We got uh, Cotswold Chianti's. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I loved it. But I don't know. Oh, dear, Dimes. Uh, Sale v. Irish. This is, uh, as otherwise known, the, the Rouse Bowl. Yeah, oh, yes, it is. of course. Nick Nick Rouse's two clubs. And the Halani Alika Bowl. The Halani Alika Bowl. It could also the be Alika the, um, the Curtis Langdon Bowl. Or the Mullen Yard Bowl. Oh yeah. yeah, yard ball, yard ball. Um, so he was no, he was Harlequins. But no, Irish yeah, first. He, but he was Irish oh, first. Irish first, of course, of course. Did your brother play with him, or did he? Yeah. Ah. Well, um, there must be other players as well. Uh, uh, James yeah. O'Connor, James O'Connor, the O'Connor Good ball. Shout. Or better still, the um, Bryn Evans Trophy. Bryn Evans plays for Irish. Yeah, he, he came over to Irish. Uh, although he went to Sale because. Uh, the aforementioned, well, it's a kind of, kind of well, uh, couldn't like, get in the team. Well, he couldn't get in the team because uh, Nick Nick Rouse was Rousey. ahead of him. Is that right? And uh, Nick Rouse, yeah, yeah. Who got let go by sale? Who got let go by sale when Diamond came in. See, uh, he does. Diamond doesn't get many things wrong, does he? Uh, that one, <laughs> yeah. I think that one will haunt him. That one will haunt him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go for sale. Give me London Irish. I think Irish. You know, give me Irish. Irish so, do not two, two the do not miss many. Yeah, players. the George Knott Bowl will be will be won by uh, <laughs> the Irish. Don Barrow back by the way, out of yeah. retirement at the age of twenty eight. Don Barrow for sale. Has he actually signed? Yeah, he so signed. Actually, no, the press, press I don't know how long the contract is. But. So he's been training with them for about four weeks now, mm. maybe longer. Not only Don Barrow. Now you know how much I hate mid-season signings, but Alex Grove has moved from Bristol, and that is a cool signing. Mm. I think he's going to be good. So he's. I was reading up because I didn't know that much. So he's. Six foot eight, hundred and twenty kg, South African born, English qualified. Lock. Yeah, uh, that is exactly the sort of signing which I like. Mm. Exactly, uh, and I'm surprised Dimes wasn't sniffing around a bit closer to Worcester. Well, maybe, mm. maybe. Who knows? Maybe there might be a sale shark slot going to Worcester. I don't know. Maybe mm. one in, one out. I don't know. Who don't knows? Know. Uh, do you know? Do you know what they love? Love in Worcester. Locks from a really good family. <laughs> now, if only there was a lock with a really good family, you could go from Sale, who Dimes knows, to Worcester. I mean, I think that would work well, don't, don't you? Well, I mean, mm. you got you got the Kitchener family, obviously, but if if they're surplus to requirements, then another family to occupy the yeah, like from you know, good family, a big big rugby family, maybe like yeah. a Beaumont family. I wouldn't like to say. I wouldn't like to say. I mean, that'd be pure speculation. But <laughs> Who yeah, knows? For instance, I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the profile fits. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to go sail. You're, you're both going I'm Irish. I'm going Irish. Yeah, yeah, Irish. Uh, and Worcester Quins. Quins. The Nick David Bowl. The Quins. Ball. The Nick yeah. David Bowl. Quins. Uh, sure, it's not the uh, Scott Baldwin Bowl. Yeah, that's the. Ball. Oh no, he, no, he's left. So it won't be him. Well, he's played for both teams. Yeah, yeah, won't be him. Uh, I would say Quinns. Ashton Bull. Every every game in the every, Premier League. Every game this week is the Ashton Bull. And on Saturday's edition of the Ashton Bull, Leicester Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they're playing Gloucester. Not quite. Uh, right, I've, I've lost track. So yeah, tig- so Saturday Tigers Gloucester. Tigers Gloucester. That's a great game. I think Gloucester are going to win this. 
I hope Gloucester win this. I really hope Gloucester win this. Yeah, uh, go on Gloucester. Go on Gloucester. Uh, so I'm, I'm going all the way wins up to now. Uh, I'm going to go Leicester. So have I gone? I've gone away win. I've got two home, two away. Yeah, I like Leicester a lot. I like everything they've done this season. But I also like Gloucester a lot. I really think Gloucester need this win. If, and, they, if they start Jamal, they'll win. Exactly. Yes. And Gloucester lose fewer players as well. Yeah. Ooh, this is a terrible game, which means it's a great game. Falcons uh, Bath. Falcons Bath. <laughs> who, who will conspire to lose more? In the Ferns Bowl. Yes, yes. Yeah. A and great the, prize. The Davy Wilson Bowl as well. Uh, and the Mickey Young Bowl. That, yes. Good knowledge. Great knowledge. Uh, Ross Batty. There you go. Ross the Batty Ball. Perfect. Batty Ball. That's the one. (laughs) Batty Ball. Like that. Uh, I can't work. I think... That's a bit Ali G. I was just thinking that. (laughs) I think that Bath are less worse than Newcastle. So Bath's trajectory is... Well, they've got the kids in. We always say get the kids in. So... Yeah, I'm all, all about get the kids in. But I just think this will be Bath are too spoiled and preened going up to the northeast in some horrible, miserable conditions. So give, give me Newcastle. All their star backs are going to be out and they're going to look amazing. Can they just find some forwards, some front row from somewhere? A second somewhere. row, any second row. Well, Exeter <laughs> pumped Newcastle, so I don't, I don't I have to worry as much as normal. For that reason, I'm going a Bath away win. Mm. Bath away, yeah. I'm going Newcastle at home, and then the final one Sunday. Final. Northampton, Northampton, I think Northampton will win. No, Exeter. The big one on Sunday, Cornish Pirates, Jersey Reds. But okay, fine. Northampton, okay, fine. Exeter. I think Northampton as well. I think Saints. Yeah. Ooh, I'll do a good, a, a good game, a really good game. So this week we played Fleetwood in the cup, which means we advanced the next round of the cup. Mm. I don't know who we're playing, but we're playing someone, right? So what? Now, in the cup above us, right, is the team in the league who Talk H have beaten uh, and are second, which is Widness, playing my old club, Broughton Park, Park, in a sort of, in, in a, not an interleague, what would be the opposite, intra-league? No, intra was as if they, you were playing teams in, in internally. League. Internally, inter is between leagues. Between the so yes. interleague, so it's interesting because hopefully the ADM will be absorbed into the RFU leagues, and we think we are the two best teams in that league, and we want to be in Broughton Park's league. So it'll be interesting to see if Witness can turn over Broughton Park because it'll give a very good indication of where that league is in comparison to the RFU mm. pyramid. I cannot wait for that game. So you go in if I'm not playing. If you're not playing, definitely. But Witness are damn damn good side. All your games are going to have to be away at the minute, aren't they? Well, we've been playing away. It feels the, like forever. The, the River Merseys, are like officially. Yeah, we opened up the floodgates, flood so we have open. no we have no field. But we mm. will play. We're going to try and arrange our game for Friday Night Lights against Wigan, the, uh, not the Warriors, uh, at MME on the 4G, which would be awesome for us. There you go. Like it. Um, right. How how long has this podcast been so far? One minute. One minute. One hour, 43 minutes. Oh, my word. Would you like to spend another seven minutes trying to predict the... Or predict... Remember the New Zealand team against France in 2007. We started the 6 podcast for that. So we got through the French team. Now let's go through the New Zealand team. Dreadful this. 
Oh, I can, I'm... Yeah, there's, there is some very, very big names in this team. Okay, I'll yeah. start then. A. Franks. Uh, uh, w- w- no. Okay. No Franks. No so, Franks. Carl Heyman. Carl Heyman, tight head. Oh, wow. Well done, Tim. Kevin Mayalamu. That's what I was going to go with next. No. Mm. Um, this is mental. 2007. I, I'm sure I've not got this right. Anton Oliver. Correct. Yes. Nice. Started started at hooker. Again, just like with the French one, we got the it's, it's we, we bit, got the hooker and tight head, but I can't remember the loose head. Um, Tony Woodcock. I was I was thinking Woodcock. Tony Woodcock. Very Allow good. To, Allow me to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Okay. But the, and, the second rows, I'm going to go Ali well, Williams. Ali Williams. Yes. Correct. Chris Jack. Chris Jack yeah. Is the other one I was thinking was on the bench. Ooh, Chris okay. Jack. So hmm. the the Black starting Adder? no. I'm. I can't even remember this guy. Brad Thorne. Uh, oh, uh, oh! If you don't remember him, is it? Uh, well, wait, 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 wait. Is it Isaac? Someone? No. Um, Reuben Thorne. He was a back row. He, he had twelve caps for New Zealand. Bird. No. Bird's still playing now. Yeah, he is. that's a terrible. That's a terrible guess. Um. Hmm. 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 Um. Oh. Now there's a guy. I'm not. I'm not sure you'll get this. There is a guy who is like 36, still playing for the Highlanders. I want. Is it? I want to say it's like Peterson or someone like that. Let's let let's let that no. percolate and jump to the back row where it's got to be Jerry Collins. Correct. Jason Eaton. Nope. No. Okay. And and obviously Arachi. Correct. Oh, yeah. No, oh. Number eight. Would that have been that Rodney, Rodney Sawalu? Correct. That is great knowledge. Soiola. Yeah. Yeah, do you know, I would never have got Roddy Siriola on his own, but as soon as you said Jerry Collins, Jerry it's, Collins. Like, yeah. it's like making that, that, that trio. trio. Yeah. yeah. Um, Baron Kelleher. Correct. Oh, he was stacked. He was stacked. And me and would have come off the bench then, because that's just how they rolled. Byron Kelleher. No. He's like perfect. Andy Ellis? No. Mm. Ah. Byron well, Kelleher is that perfect CrossFit size He is shape, the perfect CrossFit guy. Do you know, I watched the whole of, on Friday night, the Rogue, Im- Rogue Invitational as broadcast by CBS. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, an hour-long show. It, that is a great TV product. Anyway, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's, that's for another time. Um, uh, so you, you're trying to work out the... Uh, um, oh, Justin, Reserve. Justin Marshall. Nope. No Marshall. Uh, uh, the other, well, hang on, let, let's come back mm. to them. So Dan Carter. Correct. Oh, it wouldn't have been Piri Weepu. No, not Piri Weepu. Uh, Dan Carter, Cowan, uh, Luke Luke McAllister. Uh, so, so sorry, you said so, Cowan. Yeah, Cowan for this. Group. No, okay. Luke McAllister, correct. Luke at twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Wow, this is a great team. This is a great team. Nonu thirteen. No. Conrad Smith. Uh, would it be no, what's the, his face? Um, the, the the guy who ah oh, the, the former captain who who did O'Driscoll, Tanner Umanga. No. Um, the thir- the thirteen is one I would normally think of as a fifteen, but he played thirteen. Uh, this is this is this is post Cullen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah. post Cullen. Uh, fifteen. Oh, um, Mills Molina. Correct. Ah. Yeah, McAllister and Molina. Yeah, I, re- I, re- I remember his little move to thirteen because no one no one was sure if he could defend, so they put him at thirteen. Obviously, it's one way to find out. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> there you go. Good luck. Um, it's mad thinking Luke, that Luke McAllister was playing at Sale Sharks in Stockport. I know. I know. In Edgley, soon, Edgley the, Park. Soon afterwards. The rumour is he played on a Friday night 
And on Thursday night, he packed up all his stuff so he could, so he could get on get on the on the first plane out of there. <laughs> get to is it Toulouse? He went to after just that. just just anywhere anywhere. 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 <laughs> I think he flew to Liverpool. <laughs> um, uh, so we got the wingers and the we got the back three. Yeah, back three. The wingers, I think, are pretty easy. So, and when you get one, so Rocco Thoko, Rocco Thoko, and Sivivarti. Correct. Oh wow, they were deadly. Uh, fullback then. Fullbacks, like fullbacks, quite tough. So like Ben Blair. No. Uh, fullback, 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 fullback. Done quite well. So generally. fullback, you Lu- got loose head lock, fullback. God, he's got. He had. Um, he's got, had fifty six oh, no, caps. The fullback, and I, th- I think he plays. He had fifty six all black caps. He plays across the back line, but he's playing fullback in this game. Across the back line, fullback in. Mm. The, uh, so he played. A bit, a bit of 10 bit of centre bit of fullback Eddie Jones has been watching uh, the 2007 <laughs> might, World Cup oh, we need well, players that can play across the bat line unsuccessful yeah. quarter final if you want to go out in the quarterfinals, yeah hmm so okay so let's just get rid of the 10s it's, it's not Nick Evans it, it's Nick not, Evans was on the bench okay oh okay I wasn't expecting that a bit of 10 that's so um Who's played a bit of ten? Um, uh, I have no idea. What, which which province? Uh, he played. Oh, that wouldn't help me for almost all of his games. He's played 122 times for Crusaders and five times for the Chiefs, and then he also spent a few years in Japan. Cruise. Hmm. It's not a Slade or someone. That's a stupid... Nope. Nope. Uh, um, oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, Dag? 56 All Blacks caps, nope. Um, 2007, uh, before Dag. Yeah, this. there's another one who's just... Uh, um, has he played France for a long time? Uh, no, he's played Japan, not France. Uh, okay. Wolf. No. The lock and the fullback, I haven't got a clue. Yeah, you're only missing of the starting lineup. You're missing the lock and the fullback, and then there's a. I'll tell you the. Um, there is one. The back. There's the an obvious one which I'm missing, and I can't think of who he is. And it's really. So I, th- I think these two are probably the, the two hardest to get in the team: the lock and the fullback. Okay, well, just for the listener, I will spend no more than five more minutes thinking about this. <laughs> uh, th- th- play ten. Who is this guy? I, I don't think ten was his primary position. I think he's, I think fullback or centre is probably his uh, his two primary positions, but he can play across the back line. Jose or Rico Gear, one of those two? No. Good good effort though. Good names. Uh, if it helps, he also played for Marlborough in the Cricket Hawke Cup in nineteen ninety three. Jeff Wilson. Wilson. No. <laughs> as soon as you say cricket, Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Even though the time frames don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, oh God damn it! I don't know. Let's 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 revisit this lock. You're not you're not going to get the lock. What's his first name? Keith. Mm. Keith. No, I don't. I, I've got no idea. Go on. It played twelve times for the All Blacks. Keith Robinson. Oh. And the full full back first name Leon. No, no use. McDonald. Oh, 
Yes, that was Hughes, actually. And on the bench, you had Andrew Hoare, Tialata, Christmas Zoe. Now, that's oh, the guy that yeah. loves clubbing, right? Hey, well, Andrew Hoare. <laughs> Andrew Hoare loves clubbing. <laughs> From Just... one of the very first episodes of Egg Chasers. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> Brendan Leonard. It is the... No, it's not. And Tui Eva. It's uh, Tui Eva. There you go. There you go. Oh. Oh, I, I'm um, trying to think of players uh, players that were around that time that were uh, still playing now. I was, and John Afoa must have been he must have been around the New Zealand squad then. And yeah, probably he's still playing now. Yeah, gutted. I, I thought well, we... well as um, so. Franz Steen, obviously not, yes. but he won the World Cup in 2007 ah, and he's he still did. playing now. Amazing. I can't believe oh, Keith Robinson. Just looking up like pictures of him, see if I actually remember him. I do not, I categorically do not remember him. Patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Thank you very much for your support. Hit subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Keith Robinson.